describes acts of extreme violence in graphic detail and may include discussions about demonology and the occult, topics that caused widespread panic during the 1980s. This content may not be suitable for children under the age of 50. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. We have a mascot, the Planetar, right? You, we rolled him up last time. Uh, do you even know what a Planetar is? No, I'd never heard of a Planetar. No. I assume it has some sort of planar travel ability. Yeah, it's, I mean, the short version, it's kind of, it's a more power, I'm pretty sure it's a more powerful diva. That's the quickest answer. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, but all right. It's got you look a, disappointed. Well, because it's. You know, he, it's it's antithetical to the way we think of our. You know, I was thinking we would be more like a rot grub or an right. ear, earwig, earworm, something like that. Yeah. Uh, what are those little things that go to hell and they uh, larvae, lemurs, larvae, something like larvae that. Larvae is what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, right. That would right. be our that would be our mascot, not this super powerful avatar of good. You know, descending yeah. into hell, killing everything. Yeah, that's. Not what oh, I was thinking. Oh, yeah, no, you're right because we could have had like the mascot could have been like Johnny Rot Grub or something right. like that, right? A little Rot Grub cartoon guy. Right, a lot easier to write to do. So, but the Planetar. So we need to name the Planetar. We need to draw the Planetar um, for Grogcon. So if you have those, if you have a name for the Planetar, please uh, put it in the comments or send it to info at grogcon.com. And if you have examples of art, also send it to that. Anyhow, let's see. We also have Grognard's Guild Online. Uh, if you go wait, out to wait, our Discord, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. You, you, you really got me wanting a rock rub now. Can I roll a d20? And if it's a one, no, can we you, have a rock rub? No, you insisted. You insisted on the dice don't lie. All right. Right? I'm, okay. I'm gonna, let's just see what it would have been, okay? Okay. Now it wouldn't have happened anyway. Okay, that's right. But, okay. You, I said we we should pick one or no. We're gonna make the dice roll and we got a planetar. So okay. I don't even know if you can get a rot grub on the charts. That's the problem with some of these charts. Oh, that's a good point. Well, see that well, the whole thing's invalidated. <laughs> <laughs> we know you can bear. You know the odds of a leprechaun are like you can't even get a leprechaun in a sylvan forest. Uh, we need to make our own random chart of the monsters that we want to encounter, and they wouldn't yes. have planetars. It would have rot grubs and leprechauns and this type of thing. Herd animals. Those yes. would be the things we would have. So, uh, so speaking of things we like, go out to the Grognards Guild on- online. Uh, DM Brian is having a spring tournament June 5th. Go on to Discord. It's what's in the show notes. Go out there and find out uh, what's going on. Join his tournament. Um, we want to thank our patrons for everything they did. We have a gift to give away. 
It's our monthly giveaway, Dan. So you know what that means. Shake the sack. Oh, God. Shaking the sack. And so you're shaking the sack. So you're shaking the sack around once a month nowadays? Yeah, monthly. I, yeah, I, I shake okay. the sack monthly. At your age, okay. Whether I like it or not, I got it. Are you? Is that more or less than it used to be? Uh oh, it's less. Yeah, it's okay. way less. It's uh, it's, you know, too much shaking. Then there's doctor's visits and. <laughs> is that what they told you? You gotta, you gotta stop. You gotta, you gotta slow down. Repetitive motion syndrome, <laughs> inflammation. Tendinitis. Tendinitis, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell me stop when you want me to pull out a a. Oh, please make them stop. <laughs> I beg you, stop. Okay. So we oh we have a we have a we have a green one. Okay. So let me figure out what that means. Um, oh, by the way, this is what they're this is for. We have an original groggy, that one of a one first wow. generation groggy that we're giving away today. So unpainted, so you can paint it in your way. So that's what you guys are playing for. All right, so we have a green. We have this. All right, so we need to do a D, uh, a D4. Okay. Three. Three. All right. Well, congratulations, our dear friend Martin from Sweden is the winner. He is the winner of the groggy. I've got to get his. So this will be a three hundred dollar gift. To uh... <laughs> can we just send you cash instead of the groggy? Yes, well, that's right. We'll send we'll send you less than the shipping. That's right. You either get the gift or the shipping, whichever is less. No, we're we're looking forward to that. So can we can we pay you not to be a patron? <laughs> <laughs> We've credited all your money back because it's cheaper than. We can't afford anyone out of the country. That was faster than usual. Usually, you're, you're grabbing, you know, you're like, well, you know, hey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, whoa. You're like, wait, blue and red, carry the one, this, that. Well, I spent time because I have to synchronize the amount of chips with the number of patrons in there. So every month I have to go in and adjust the sack because we, we don't, well, the, our rule, in case you would, may not know this, is what. Patrons can only win once every 12 months, you know, like your typical radio show thing. So I have to, anyone who's won, I have to subtract their chips out of here and then add new patrons. So the sack is, ev oh, I'm sorry, did you, did sorry, you fall asleep? I'm, I'm sorry, what was happening? <laughs> I thought you'd be fascinated with the process. I'm surprised you don't want to have a document where I actually codify this. But. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and write that out. Yeah, that needs to be, was that approved by legal? <laughs> no, I, I've gone rogue. I've done, I've done my own thing. So congratulations, sir. You are the winner. Martin is the winner. So I have to reach out to him and let him know he is the winner. Martin, winner of the groggy. All right, cool. Good for him. We should cruise to Sweden. Cruise to the grog, the grog. Swedish death metal cruise of hell. We can pick up all our patrons. Mm. Around the world, a cruise around the world. We just pick them up. They like grog on the whole year. Grog the, gr the year of the grog. The year of the grog. We just pick up all our patrons. What do you think? What do you think out there? That's good. Okay. Because that means I've retired, and I'm all about it. Then that's mm -hmm. that's great. And apparently you've retired too. And we've been divorced. Okay. 
be a couple. Okay, just just understand this. If you retire, this this might be your life. Okay, I want you to think about that. No, God. No, it's it's okay. Okay. This is well. It sort of is. I go to work and I think about what I have to do for the show. So I know you yeah, do you, the same thing. You do text me at some times where I'm like, "Hmm, isn't James a nine to five guy?" Yeah, I'm supposed to be. <laughs> Paying attention. Is he actually That's doing just, his job? Three o'clock is a strange time for a lunch break. <laughs> I have very flexible hours, Stan. Okay. That's it. So, uh, but again, thanks to the patrons who make this happen, uh, and also thank to to Vic who is. Very prolific with his uh, 3D mastery, and hopefully he will enjoy that. We also have another iTunes review. You ready to hear this one? I'm ready, James. Uh, The title is Very Entertaining. The perfect place to step away from the real world and its problems for a couple hours. He only must listen to half the show. Yeah, he he only listens to half the show. It's weirdly fun for some reason to find out you have been doing something completely wrong in the game for 35 years. Thanks, James Simo, on well, iTunes. Thank you very much. But what's interesting, so he thinks we're getting it right. Right. Is that, is that what he suggests? I think that's what he's saying. But that's. Yeah, okay. Because I'm not sure that's true, but okay. They believe it. I think we deliberate a lot. Whether we come up with truth is another. What is, what is truth, as they say? But uh, if you want, we thank you for that, James. And if you would like to have your opinion of our show, pronounce on our show in a self-referential way, go out to iTunes and put a review. And, and we have committed to reading even bad ones, haven't oh, we? Oh, absolutely. Whatever, yeah. again, the only qualification, we, I think we talked about in a previous episode, is anti, it cannot be seditious, threatening, at least directly, right? Uh, Whatever is illegal. Others. They, well, oh, okay. Well, they can threaten us. Right. They can totally threaten us. If you continue... Which is assume what they would do if, they're, if there's going to well, be Well, you'd threat. hope so. Right. Uh, you know, I, if you continue this, I will kill you. That would, you know, that's... I'm not sure I'd really want to read that, but if that's what you want to write, then we'll, we'll, we'll read that over the, over the air. So, thanks. Because yeah. the only disappointing thing about our that one that one-star one review we got is that they didn't leave any comments. Right. It's just one star, and we don't know who they are. And we how do we how do we get better, James? If you don't, if they don't tell us. Yeah, that's right. It's, they just and and what does that say to someone? They put the one star. Mm-hmm. If you're going to put the time to do that, why would not you just go all the way and say you suck, Bob? No, no, because no, they know what they're doing. It, it's genius. They drop the one star, and they don't say anything, mm-hmm. and then we're left going, huh? Wait, what? And this is what happens. Yeah, they've, nah. they've, they've won, James. They have, because I'm sh- I know with you, any negative comment you fixate, you obsess over. <laughs> Don't say that. Now, now everyone's going to be doing negative comments. You're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't even know there's a comment. All of a sudden, I'll get a text from you. I can't believe that or something like that. I'm like, what are you That's talking about? That's not true. I don't know what James is talking about. <laughs> All right. What's the next? Um, all right. So is it on to best of May 1981? Soon. Soon. We're ready to get. We have to talk awesome. about grog, the grog talk easing, flipping and turning. We are working. Uh, when we say we, we mean Rob is working on uh, issue four. Uh, did you get your, you got your two pieces in, right? You said. I did submit, uh, yes, all my, uh, to the best of my, I have not received, I haven't, 
heard anything from Rob for several weeks, which must mean that, yes, I am up to date on all my work. Excellent. Congratulations. So, How about you? I did. I submitted mine this week. I'm, I'm actually somewhat ahead of the game, like I, uh, as opposed to literally waiting to the last moment. So uh, he is working on issue four, which means issue five is going to – and issue five is our convention one because it's coming up in October. October 15th through the 17th. So if you want to contribute and produce content for the magazine, send your content and your ideas to editor at grogcon.com. We also have our convention October 15th through the 17th. We have a lot of buzz. I mean, if you've seen the Discord, people are trying to figure out, here's what's going to happen. Over the next few weeks, you'll be able to get a ticket. Tickets will be $40. It'll allow you to be there for the whole weekend. Then you'll be able to submit uh, ideas for uh, things you want to run. If you are a patron of the Electrum tier or higher, by June 1st, so that's coming up, when we buy the tickets in September or October, or not August or September, if you've been a uh, Electrum patron or higher and you tell us, hey, I'm coming to the show, we will buy your tickets for you. How about that? Isn't that amazing? What do you guys think about that? That Sorry. is... Oh, no, not that one. Not that button. Don't, no. There we go. That's the button. Whoopsie. Exactly. So um, we've got already a few people who have, who've done that. I expect more. Uh, so start planning your trip now uh, while the flights are relatively, if you have to fly in, relatively not ridiculous. Um, and hopefully uh, this next weekend, uh, Coming up, we'll be doing episode two of the Grog Talk Adventures, where I'll be hosting the adventure with Dan and Rob helping me. Hopefully, that'll be the Saturday, where we will probably do it as a live stream. So, now, we are ready for Best of May 1981. I think it should have been. We should have started with episode four. You oh, know? that's right. The new, a, new, a newer hope. Yeah, we could have done, then we could have done a, a prequel. Prequel adventures. Okay. Best of May 1981. All right, ready? This is going to show us how old we are, that this was this long ago, right? 1980, didn't seem that long ago. Right. James, May 7th, 1981. Oh, you like to do the, the fill-in-the-blank, don't you? You love to be quizzed. You don't mind this. Let's, sure, so first let's thing in the okay. morning, of course. Right, why not? Uh, Thursday, I'm sorry, Thursday, May 7th, 19, uh, 1981, the stand-up comedian, blank, performs on TV for the first time on Johnny Carson's The Tonight Show. 1981. The, uh, if you knew it was May 7th, 1981, would that help narrow it down for you? No. Uh, well, I, I'm going to go with my second answer, which I think is wrong. Eddie Murphy. That is incorrect, sir. Richard Pryor. Nope. Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld. That's hard, though, because there could have been so many. Those were good guesses that you had. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I, he, uh, I don't even think I would have put him on because I just always associate him with Seinfeld, which was like came out years later. But that makes sense. It would be a number of years before he would do that. So, so keeping it light, the next, very next day, Friday, May 8th, the body of Maureen Mosey is discovered <laughs> in Camp Loops, British Columbia. She is believed to be the last of 28 victims of the Trans-Canada Highway Killer who is never caught. Now, so, Wait a minute. you know. Leroy, right? Um, um, who's our friend for first time? Kelly Villamere. Yep, they're all. British they were in Columbians. danger. 
they probably knew about. They so they were in danger. The or they were about that age. <gasps> oh my God! I see where you're going. With. You're, so there's a chance. It's possible that either Leroy or Kelly legal department will not let us make that allegation. We don't make information here. Defamation. Don't do it. We'd uh, like to indicate that we have no information that any of our listeners were the trans Canada highway killer. Right. And, and, and based on that book, they may have been caught since then. (laughs) Wikipedia. Yeah. Right. That's true. That's true. We should check those things. However, what we can say for surety for both of them that they lived in British Columbia in the time. At the so, time. so, 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 what you're saying is, at least the chances of them of them being it are greater than say you or me, because right. you were you were in you were working at the uh, the McDowell's. That's right. I was working at McDowell's. Queens. That's right. And I was and I was uh, in Florida. Okay. Allegedly. Um, well, that, there you go. There you go. You, you so you cl- so you claim you've lived in Florida your whole life. Have you checked the addresses for our Canadian patrons, like any coming from the British Columbia Penitentiary? No, I have not. <laughs> and either two things, you know, Leroy is a very good friend of the show, has helped us out tremendously. He always takes pictures of these places, so he's always on the road. Apparently, he seems to be on the road mm. a lot. Wait a second. What about? It could be Vic. It, well, that <laughs> the truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> I, who I, I think well, I just he, they just haven't named the serial killer he is. I just we just assumed he was. That's right. So which is like why you shot. let him in my house. That's the beauty of it. He was supposed to stay at your house. You're like, uh, well, he's going to stay at your house now. So thanks. Because he could have been the Trans Canada Highway killer. So it's like a who shot Jr. Which one of our listeners? is the most likely to... It's like a high school yearbook. Right. Which of our listeners is the most likely to be the trans... Okay. Well, that's going to be our podcast now. We're actually... will become popular. Like, these true crime podcasts are so popular. Yeah. We're just going to try to figure out which of our pay, which of our listeners is the trans Canada whatever killer. You know, well, you know what they could do is everyone could send in to your, the email... Mm-hmm. Um, Info that's right. Huh? right. A crime broadcast. they committed. A crime they committed. And each week, we'll, we'll, we'll and give a little narrative of how it went down. We'll read the crime. That's right. And then our patrons can guess which one of our patrons did it. That's On today's second. show, this patron <laughs> stole S3 from the B. Daltons in 1982. That's right. That's right. A true D&D crime. True D&D crime. Yes, crimes associated with D&D. You're right. It's got to be. we got to keep. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. We can't We're not going to try to solve serial killers. I don't care. Right. Who stole Tomb of Horrors next on Grog Talk? So did I commit a D&D crime? So I'm trying to think So your that. campaign was a D&D crime. That's. Uh, uh, there you go. He's here all week. I'll be here okay. all week. <laughs> All right, so send in. Oh, if you committed a crime associated at any point in your life that is any way tangentially related with D and D, right? Ropes, right? Con- okay. D and D, D and D confessions. D and D confession, yeah. Or I was like true D and D crime. They're both good. True D and D confessions. No, because you do true D and D confessions, James is going to go beyond crime. It's going to get weird. Okay. That you're going to learn things you don't need to know. Are you? Wait, I see a look in your face. Are you getting submissions? As no, not yet. 
Just, it looks like they're kind of rolling in. Uh, let's see. I, so already, Craig, uh, who's online, I was I was born in uh, Camlops. I assume that's in British Columbia. But I was 15 at the time of those killings. Is that really? Do you, is, do you feel like that exonerates you if you're 15? Is that a confession? <laughs> that's a big. <laughs> Have we just solved the crime? <laughs> Call the cops, they've, they've killed people for less. <laughs> Oh my! All right. Okay. So he probably doesn't think it. He probably Jay. He probably doesn't think it's funny. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. Especially you know, this could get dark if someone says, "Yes, that was my sister or my." Ooh. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. That would the old, the old, the old polyhedron in the foot, <laughs> or the old four-sided in the foot. Then I'll blame you, Dan. I'll be like, Dan thought it was funny. I. I did I, not. I'm reporting out the news. Okay. Let's 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 now. Okay, now it is going to get light. Now I like this one. Ready for this? Okay. Monday, May 11th, 1981, Andrew Lloyd Webber's hit musical Blank opens at the New Theatre London, it's always England, for the first of 8,949 performances. There's only two of them I know. I'm going to go with Fan of the Opera. That is incorrect. Oh, Cats? It's correct. Oh, I... I, I, Uh Uh-huh. Ah, I, was, I said I was gonna do cats first, and wow. I'm like, "Wow, ah. you're like you're almost as sad as Carlos Lysing was at that Jeopardy game." No, God. <laughs> you're being too hard. James, this is supposed to be fun. <laughs> okay, moving on. There's only there's only two more. <laughs> Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, May thirteenth, nineteen eighty one. I'll just read this so we we'll all remember. That. Pope John Paul II is seriously injured. When he is shot at St. Peter's, Rome, by a Turkish assassin, we we all remember that, right? And that's, then he got the Pope Mobile after that, right? right? The Pope Mobile. Yeah. Okay. And uh, on Friday, May fifteenth, so forty years ago today, right? The award-winning film Blank about Great Britain's nineteen twenty-four Olympic running team and featuring music by Evangelist is released in the UK, released in the UK. I know. I it's chariots of fire. Yeah, why well, well, say it that way? You're still upset about the yeah, cats. Yeah, I, I should have had cats. I'm so mad. Wow. Okay. Maybe we. I think maybe we'll take. We need to step away. No, from this for we're a not bit. taking a break from. <laughs> You're doing it next week. You're I'm doing study it. Study it up. I mean, you're probably going to buy the book. That's right. I bought the book. No, I will strangely, not. Strangely, it was the last. Strangely, it's print on demand. <laughs> yeah. No, I will not be buying that book. That's. Okay. To, you're totally safe for that. Okay. Uh, oh, and I'd like to mention. Yes. I have one TV show to announce. Okay, because oh, was, that's right, TV. It was Friday night at the. Remember ABC Friday Night Movies? Yes. So this was ABC Friday Night Movies. Forty years ago today. I've never heard of this. May fifteenth, nineteen eighty-one. Ready? For, she's in the army now. Hmm. Exactly. Ready? For, okay, I hadn't heard of. And, <laughs> A 1981 American made-for-television millet film starring Kathleen Quinlan. I don't know who that is. Jamie Lee Curtis. Melanie Griffith. Wow. Yeah, you're liking that, right? Susan Blanchard and Julie Carmen premiered on ABC Tonight 40 years ago. Ready for the plot? Cass, Rita, Sylvie, Virginia, and Yvette are five beautiful women's Army Corps recruits attached to the 3rd Platoon at Fort 
Jackson. Although they are raw recruits, their drill sergeant sees them as future soldier. The proposal relates to women's efforts to train to become soldiers while also dealing with personal problems. Wasn't that Private Benjamin? Wasn't that they the- said, yeah, they said, I think it was part of, of the fact that Private Benjamin had been successful. So I think it did, yes. The film was a pilot for a television series which never materialized, and it also followed the success of Goldie Hawn's movie, Private Benjamin, which itself spawned a television series in the spring of 81. Did you realize that Private Benjamin spawned yeah, a television series? now it's starting to, that does sound familiar. Yeah, so that's, that, it didn't materialize. So I'm sorry, James. So if you watch it tonight and you get all excited, then, uh, oh, okay. Well, you know, you said, you know, well, okay, moving on. So don't get too excited, James, because the pilot is not going to be picked up. Really? She's, she's in the army now. Okay. There it is. 40 years ago today. That is, that is too, that is too bad. You know, who would have thought, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure if we watched it today, it would be just as timely and relevant today as it was 40 years ago. <laughs> Can you just imagine? You'd be watching, you'd be shaking your head like, wow, you, you know, that would not, that is so wrong. That's right. That is, that, that, uh, that was be, well, you know. It was a different, it was a simpler time, James. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, steal, stealing dice from the Walden books. That's right. Stuffing modules down your pants. That's exactly right. 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 I love it. Well, I think we are now ready for, yep, we are ready for sage advice. So you have selected, uh, move over to the left, just a hair, a sconch. You're, you're right, excuse me. <laughs> the other left. Yeah. You move to your right, just, there we go, perfect. Well, okay, I'm now let me move up, this over. I'm going to be putting, I'm be putting, up, putting up sage advice for all to... So they can follow along at home. They can follow along at home. I am not, I cannot, I, can, I am viewing it, but I cannot see it. How's that? If that makes any sense. That makes sense. Now, James... Now, this, of course, this is the segment where we go through sage advice. We were do from Dragon Magazine. We were doing it exactly years ago, but that would only allow us to do it once a month. And I loved this segment so much that we have decided to just speed things along. So this is the sage advice questions from Dragon Magazine, number 58, September 9th. I will be asking James the questions this time, and we'll see if James is sagacious. And James, just to confirm, you these questions and answers. Is that correct? To my knowledge, I have not read or the questions or answers in this episode, in this issue of Dragon. I will now so examine. Saith, so saith me. So saith the truth. So okay, uh, I swear by Curtle Mac or whatever. Okay. So uh, all right, I will now examine the witness. Hey, sir. <laughs> That's a little handsy on you, but okay. Oh, wow. Okay. James. I'm sorry. Mr. Sage. Mm-hmm. Why aren't Ettons mentioned among the bigger creatures which attack dwarves and gnomes at minus four? Ooh. That's a good one. Why aren't? Why aren't? And, and, and let, me just, let me just explain that I think you know... That sage advice oftentimes seems to be simply a way to reconcile. They never seem to 
Gary's always right, correct? Is Gary right. always right, James? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, of course. So, so in other words, it's not like, you know, obviously the editors aren't going to be like, yeah, they should have been. What was Gary thinking? They're, of course, going to try to explain, come up with some sort of reason. Yeah, okay. So um, why are Ettens not mentioned? I'm going to say they're going to come up with some kind of thing that, Ettons are not natural enemies of dwarves, and, and they don't encounter them, and so that's why they're not part of it. That's my guess. Well, you know, it's as, as good as any. But why, out of curiosity, why, why do they attack? I assumed it was due to the size, right? Isn't Does it say in the monster manual uh, why they uh, – I'm sorry, not the monster manual. Do they, does it say in the player's handbook why they're minus fours? I assumed it's just because they're big. Well, they're big, and the other connotation, if I remember correctly, in the player's handbook, is that dwarves have trained because of their because of them having to fight them in the places they live. Oh, I've is thought. that true? I'm going to look it up. Okay, thank you. Because it's also gnomes, apparently. Also, I guess that would be in the discussion of dwarves. Yes. In the player's handbook, so under you dwar- do dwarves. I'll do gnomes. All right. Well, they're very similar. Um, that false. On page Rude. 16. Yeah, well, they are exactly the same. Gnomes are just weird g- genetic freaks of dwarves. No, dwarves, as you know, basically simply thieves, right? Right? We've confirmed this. Gnomes, if they're thieves, it's because they think it's funny. Mm. They're, they're funny. All right, so both both of the answers on the same page. No, I'm sorry. One's on 16, one's on 17 of the players. I'm on 17. What does yours say? Mine says, in melee combat, dwarves add one to their dice to, to hit opponents, half orcs, goblins, hobgoblins, and orcs. When being attacked by ogres, trolls, ogre magi, giants, and or titans, dwarves subtract four from their opponents to hit dice because of the dwarves' small size and combat ability against these much bigger creatures. Yes, no, so, it's, it's, so their skill and their small size. Okay, here is the answer, James. Ettons may be big and dumb, but they don't suffer any penalty to hit against dwarves and gnomes because of the most obvious difference between Ettons and other big humanoids. They're two heads. In the words of the Monster Manual, one of the Ettons' heads is always likely to be alert, so they are difficult to surprise and presumably difficult to sneak up on in any other way. I don't that answer yeah it's a, my, it's as bad as my answer is it's a terrible answer there's no i mean the other problem with that is the titans are in here i i can understand giants somewhat because they would fight over money but why are titans part of the how many how many dwarves are fighting titans that doesn't make any sense well so this is this issue brings up a, a troubling aspect of your method of textual interpretation, mm. which you know I generally favor. But there's a problem because your method of textual interpretation, your answer would basically be because they're not listed, right? Because right. they're not. Well, and actually, and I don't know why I say because Ettons, no, I don't know. This isn't troubling. It's only troubling when you add monsters later, say Monster Manual 2 Feed Folio, that are big, right? Like the, the, the two headed troll or whatever, a hill giant. Not a hill giant. I'm sorry. Like what? Like a mountain giant or something. Yeah, uh, two-headed troll. Right. Uh, whatever the other half troll, half right. fog giant. Your then favorite. it gets 
then it gets difficult because those creatures were not uh, identified at the time. But Edens were identified. They're in the monster manual. So your text, so your simple answer would be, of course, because it's not listed. Right. Right. But they feel the need to explain. And, and all right. I mean, you know. Well, and then the other, my, the, again, I go into the premise of there's three books. If you keep it at that, it's, yeah, if you keep adding stuff, it, then you have to retcon it and go back and fix it. So that's the problem. Don't have new books. Well, you know, so now, so basically, since the Etten's not listed, anything with two head, like the two headed troll, if you, you know, it's a no. Right. right. So that, that's good support for that. Okay. Unless it's, unless the book, unless the Monster Manual 2 updates it or some other book updates it, the answer would be no. And I think, it, since it does say, it says not only size, but Gary also says in the skill. So you can argue, it's kind of like, wait, so all right, so is that what you were talking about when you said that they're used to going up against these creatures? So that is sort of coming from why they're more skillful, that they're used to fighting them, they right. understand their movements, their tactics. So yeah, so we should just end at that, right? So say it's, it's simply these creatures, that's it. It's not simply size. It's also that they understand these creatures, and so it's... They only understand these creatures, and it ends there. Right. There's their natural... I mean, to me, it's the same thing, especially when you look at it in the previous thing. The whole, Well, I'll, I'll use the whole paragraph. In melee combat, so it's related to combat, dwarves add one to their dice rolls to half-orcs, goblins, hobgoblins, and orcs. Not gnolls, not uh, zvarts, not lizardmen, Right? It's those four things. And they also, so to, there's plenty of other humanoids that could be in that list. They chose not to put them because obviously it's, they fight those creatures a lot and they know their weaknesses. That's the idea. So you could use the oh. same logic there. This is, wait, this is half works, so that's hilarious. So if there's an intra party fight, as of course often happens, right. so if the dwarf is angry at the half orc, the dwarf gets a plus one to hit against the half orc. <laughs> Right, and, and this is also uh, my, I think my answer is better, I feel better, when looking at gnomes. I hate to use gnomes as a reason why I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Notice under gnomes, they have when attacked by gnolls, bugbears, ogres, trolls. Dwarves don't have gnolls and bugbears. Very interesting. So does that mean, so is this insight? So gnomes are, okay, are gnolls and bugbears more than like, the area that gnomes would be. Yeah, but wait, I, no, that's. But wait, but we learned that no, not all mountain dwarves are mountain dwarves. So we learned. Remember that dwarves yes, are right. in hills. Right. In the, at the sound of music. There are the hills are alive with dwarves. <laughs> that's right. And the, the, all right. So uh, very interesting. I think there's an article there for you, Jim. No, this this, this is something you should research. Why more creatures want to murder gnomes? That's really <laughs> what's there. That's that's. Yeah, that's the story. The dwarves are, are more prolific, right? We assume there are more dwarves than gnomes, generally. But yet more creatures want to kill gnomes. Yeah. That is, yeah there is a bigger list, right? <laughs> because, but they're the minus four. All right. Okay, very interesting. So, so yeah. So, yeah, you got to do some unraveling on that one. But at the end of the day, my it's... Answer, my answer is better. I'm sorry. I, I feel better. What was, what was your answer again? My answer was they didn't fight them as enemies, and that's why they didn't get the bonus. That's what I... Think, I I think your answer is better. Because I, yeah, I agree. Okay. James, could an elf or dwarf who has reached the highest level possible 
I appreciate these people. This writer is using uh, level limits. I appreciate it. Use an ion stone to gain further levels. I thought ion stones just well, they go around your head or something. What do yeah. ion stones do? Yeah, they're they are they're from one of the books. I forgot, and of course, people are going to yell, scream. D- a DMG. Well, they're probably DMG. Well, they're in the they DMG, do? but they are modeled after a fantasy writer's. Oh. Yeah, I forgot which one it was. Oh, I'm sorry, but. It's this again. These mystical pa- these stones that fly around your head, and while they're orbiting around your head, you could get conferred some ability. But and are there certain abilities? Oh yeah, I get a whole bunch. Yes. Well, why do I get to go up? Why there must be some issue with levels. Oh yeah. Oh, do I go up a level? You, I believe that is one of the stones you could find. There's ridiculous. Oh. So this is an interesting question then, as to whether or not you can go up Page beyond forty-seven. Okay. Of the DMG. What I think is so interesting is that people would write in, but I'd probably be that kind of person, to write in with this question as opposed to just play, making up a ruling. You know what I mean? Right? I mean, right. Can't the DMG, the DM, just be like, yes or no, and you move on. Page 147. Ions, there are, oh, 14. Oh, and there's all these different things. And one is going to obviously increase. Number seven. Number, the pale, oh, so you're looking for the pale green one. Hmm, that oh. one's good. I I I, pref- I think that one's good, and the number ten is good. Wow! And they see. I see they burn out. Apparently, a dead stone. Okay, regenerate. Yeah, sure. Okay, so this is a very good question. I'm ready. Oh, James, Mister Sage, what do you think is the answer? Well, I I think based uh, and again I'm, I'm looking at the text for Ion Stone. Uh, I would say it, you cannot go above your maximum, and the reason I'm saying that is because the stones above it, it says add one point to strength, 18 maximum. So it does not change your racial limit. Oh but, oh, but it's interesting, but it doesn't have the same parenthesis. Correct. You could use the negative inference there. That's also, you could, you could also do that, that but uh, you asked me for my ruling, that would be my ruling. You're a complicated guy. Right. And it's one. And it's only one level for one class. So I think that that's how I would do it. I wouldn't give them one level in each class if they were multi-class, because that's the second part of this question, right? If they were a fighter magic user, oh. do they get one level in each class, or do they get one level in one class? Oh, okay. Well, that's an additional question. All right, James, you are very sagacious. The answer is no. Ion stones are for enough magic. None of the six stones, which have the power to increase ability scores, can make them better than the mathematical maximum of 18. James, are relying, not only did you get the right answer, you're explaining, they're relying upon the very reasoning you did. A similar limit is specified for the power of the pale green stone, which is my point. James, we're getting good at this, uh, which adds one level of experience. It is unreasonable to assume that this stone can exceed the prescribed maximum, in this case, a maximum number of levels, when the others cannot. James, you that's an A+. Because you not I, only got I, the right I, I did not read it for those. I just used, I'm trying to be consistent. So I feel very good about myself. Um, unlike Phantom of the Opera and Cats, which I totally screwed wow. the pooch on, this, I nailed it. So I feel a little better now. 
I feel like this whole cat, you're going like to go to a very dark place as a result of this cats, Phantom of the Opera incident. Okay. Um, <laughs> cats stuck in the Phantom of the Opera. That's exactly, that's the new horror. I mean, a lot of people are pissed off about cats, but for a very, not for this reason. Any alignment restrictions for dwarves, the monster manual says they are lawful good. No, there's no restrictions, particularly for player characters. They can be any alignment, but so the answer would be no. Yes, I think that, I think you're going to be correct. Many of the particulars of the monster manual description of dwarves are intended only to strictly apply to non-player character dwarves. And that interesting that you that you wait, James, you didn't. Let's face for everyone. Under, listening. You have not read the answer. Correct. I've not read the answer. Okay. Alignment is one of these particulars. Not all player character dwarves have to be lawful good, just like not all player character dwarves have to have just one hit die, and not all player character dwarves will be, quote, very intelligent. No player character race is restricted as to what alignment a member of that race can be. The only restrictions placed on races concern what classes they can become. And some of the uh, this is obviously and some of those classes have alignment restrictions. A different matter. A player character dwarf, boy, they really are going on with this one. A player a character dwarf they're like, I, I so want the A. They're like, I, you know, I heard that if you just write a lot on this essay question. The professor will get tired and just give me an A. A player character can be a thief, an assassin, or a fighter, or certain combinations of those classes. If all dwarves had to be lawful good, no dwarf. Oh, that's here's this additional. This is actually going to be a good essay answer. No dwarf would be able to be a thief or an assassin, right, Barry? Right. You need to explain your answers more, James. You just you're like you're like, why did I only get a B plus? I got the right answer. Well, you didn't rely upon this additional information. I didn't want to insult the reader, in this case the professor, with rehashing pablum. But okay, yeah, you're right. Have you have you are you familiar with some of the questions that people ask? Like, I'm a thief. Can I be lawful good? <laughs> these well, actually, questions? we came up with. Well, okay, now we're sidetracking. Um, we uh, yesterday's game that Lane was running. One of the players, Tom, had two characters: a thief and a paladin, and we were in the dungeon. And he, he, Tom says, I'm going to search for traps. And, and Lane looks and he only sees the paladin. It's like, what do you mean? The paladin's going to search for traps? Like, well, maybe he's dual class. And so then we had that conversation of uh, maybe he was a thief first and then he got converted to lawful good, you know, lawful good paladin. It's like, well, but that can't be because they can't be lawful good. I said, well, they could be neutral good. And then it's real word poorly written after it justifies neutral good it says they could, but they can be lawful and chaotic I, again that would be interesting but to your point it, it wasn't meant they're not supposed to be lawful good thieves but i i what if i had a helm of alignment change right well can i still have my thief skills it's not like i can't do thieving skills anymore. i would totally allow it that's that yeah. would be you like third level thief and then you gain religion and you become a paladin yeah and that's the tension you're always <laughs> you're like Oh, you were formerly an assassin. Yeah, that's right. You're a chaotic evil assassin. <laughs> well, I had one. I had it, and I had a pregen like that, where it's half ogre, who had put on a helm of alignment, you know, and so he knew in the past he'd been a terrible killer, and he felt remorse, and yeah, that that'd be pretty cool. Right. Okay, okay. Um, this is James. It's about to get controversial. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> 
Oh, wait. Oh, let me finish this paragraph. Sorry. Oh, jeez. If all the, yeah, right. If all doors had just give this guy an A and move to go to the next exam. If all doors had to be lawful good, no dwarf would be able to be a thief or assassin. Player character doors can theoretically be of any alignment as long as it fits the rules for the classes they belong to. Now it's going to get controversial. Non-player character dwarves, as described in the Monster Manual, are considered differently. NPC dwarves will be predominantly, if not exclusively, in alignment. Virtually all of them, except for leader types, will have no more than one hit die, and virtually all of them will be of average in intelligence. Also, I don't know. This is beyond the scope of the question. Right. You're so no is this credit. still an A? Is this an A when you no. go when you go yeah. on ta- tangents? I don't think so. It's very interesting. You want to be clear about whether or not you know additional information will increase your score. Also note that the monster manual makes no mention of dwarven thieves or assassins being encountered in a large group. Okay, huh? All of the higher level dwarves in a group of NPCs are either fighters or fighter clerics. I mean, I'm bored now. If you play NPC dwarves, so you're by not the alone. There, we had listeners. They're gone. Oh, yeah, man, this, this is killing me. If you play NPC dwarves by the book, there can never be dwarven thieves or assassins. And if those character types are included in an adventure campaign, the monster manual information modified. Oh, you know, this, this number one, this last paragraph is dictum. It's not responsive to the question presented. And I don't like this answer. What do you think of this? I don't like this last paragraph at all. No, I don't like it at all. I mean, what what what's the purpose of it? the The idea of the monster manual is predominantly this is the alignment they are. Now we're back to the whole orcs being lawful evil. You know, are they all the time lawful evil? Is that what is is that why they're doing this? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I just assumed that in general they're lawful good. I mean. Right. How many how many people out there have a problem with encountering an NPC who is a chaotic neutral? I mean, you have you've got deities in from Roger Moore, which are all different alignments. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like this very well. That's all. Yeah, That's generally, it. the society is going to be this way, but I, maybe they were worried that this could open up to the lawful good orc. I don't know why or the chaotic good orc. The, uh, okay. the alignment, right. you know. What's so wrong with that? Okay, all well, right. Because then you can't slaughter the orc babies, which is back to the whole, you can kill them with impunity because they're, uh, well, they're, they're spawns of evil. That's the depend- idea. In Depending on your jurisdiction. <laughs> check your rules. <laughs> check, check, check your jurisdiction before yeah. applying any of this legal advice. Rule, right. The killing of orcs, the rules regarding the killing of orcs without question may vary by jurisdiction. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, all right. What what would a reasonable spread of races and sub-races for adventures and, and NPCs, what would be a reasonable spread of races and sub-races for adventurers and NPCs? For instance, what would be the chance of a PC dwarf being a mountain dwarf? Oh, I don't like these questions. What do you, all right, James, uh, Mr. Sage? I, I didn't even understand the question. You kind of just started haltingly finishing it. So You're right. I was like, as I was reading it, I was just kind of disgusted with the question. I, I didn't deliver it very well. What would be a reasonable spread of races and sub-races for adventurers and NPCs? 
For instance, what would be the chance of a PC dwarf being a mountain dwarf? So I think the question is basically, what should your typical party look like? Should it be human-centric? If it's not human-centric, how often should you have have sub-races? It's basically how wacky Mm -hmm. should. And the reason why I don't like this question very well is because to me, this is more about the flavor of your campaign. I don't know. There's no right or wrong answer in this, right? I mean, you could have five L's if you – I mean, right? Who's – Gary says – Gary said, I believe – in the DMG, you should let players pick what they want to be. They need to. They need to have buy-in, and so I think you can impose level. I'm acting like I'm Mr. Sage here, right? Question: If you if you want to have human centric, you just impose level limits. But other than that, you know, what are you going to tell a person? Sometimes you say, "Well, you can't be an owl because I don't have owls in this campaign." But generally, it's it is what it is, isn't it? Absolutely. So I, again, it's hard with the question to understand. Is it they run into a party and what's the makeup or is this how what the makeup of the world is or the player characters party? Because if it's the last one, it's very simple to me because even on page 20, 225 of the DMG, creating a party at the spur of the moment. Let's just use that as an example. Uh, it says there are times where you need to have a group of players designed to adventure in your cam- campaign who have no suitable characters. Great. Here, here's, the, here's what he suggests. Race and class. After generating ability stats, which is the way you should do it, each player selects the race and class of his or her at character as desired. So that's the purview of the players. If it's, so you let them pick whatever they want. And, and for NPCs, don't you have – we have somewhere like you do with henchmen. We have yeah. a chart somewhere, there's don't we, with ch- percentages? That's correct. There's a chart, or you, you can do uh, – on page 176, if you have a character suitable, if you want to do that, there's a chart for that. Hey, Leroy, welcome. Good morning. Uh, where were you uh, in May 1981? Shh, 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 shh. Oh, no, James, sorry. no, 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 no. Hey, Leroy, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> we love the Leroy. That's right. Thank you for everything. <laughs> you have to listen back. Uh, <laughs> So on page one, no, no, I think that's a fair quote. Now I want to know where was he in May of 1981? May seventh. What was May sixth? May seventh. Well, that was the last. So I think, yeah. I mean, it, it apparently. I assume it took some time, right? I mean, it wasn't like uh, right. all at once. Right. I don't think it was like a single day. Right. Well, yeah. Well, there's twenty-eight victims. <laughs> yeah, we can't go back. We can't go back. That's that's a that's the rule of the show. Leroy will just have to catch up but, and find out. But did out. he move? Like, did he move from Canada in May? Because so, that would be right. Tonight on Grog Talk Investigates. Yes. We have some questions. Is, all right. Is Leroy ready for questions? Who's going to ask? Where, where were you, sir, in May of 1981? At the we're, beginning of the month of May of nineteen eighty-one. That's a terrible question. We want to. We we want to lead. Were, were you in yeah. British Columbia in May of nineteen eighty-one? You, you that's, were. That, oh, that, you want me to lead? <laughs> Isn't it true? All right, fine. Isn't it true, sir, that you're the Trans Canada Highway Killer? Isn't it? <laughs> oh, I just scared kittens. <laughs> They're running. <laughs> Do we have a confession yet? Are you talking about Clifford Olson? They must have figured out who. who how old is what your book? What this book? How old is that book you have? 1982. <laughs> no, no, it's 2020. Is it? Who's doing the fact checking? Right. He was caught. I don't know. 
one of the other suspects, Shannon Ferguson, who's, you know, he's Canadian as well. So they're all suspect. That's not the only picture I hear is the Pope. I don't think that's any connection. Right. Well, if you missed it, you'll have to go back to the we, we can't go back, folks. There's just another reason to listen to four hours of this nonsense. So back to this question. Okay. We're, and, and, and again, uh, Dan, you may want to read. Re, I, I think we, I need a, for the soundboard your official disclaimer that we are not by discussing this, implying or imputing the reputation of any of our listeners or uh, insinuating that they are the convict uh, or culpable for any crimes. Is that right? Uh, all discussions related to patrons are, uh, yes, uh, have, I'm doing terrible here, aren't I? Have, uh, uh yeah, are for entertainment, <laughs> <laughs> are for entertainment purposes only right. and are not to suggest that any of the events we've depicted have actually happened. Yeah. Any, uh, any, any, what resemblance of people live or dead or completely, uh, Coincidental. We have no actual patrons. They're all fictional. <laughs> That's, well, if this keeps up, that is true. They're going to be fictional. So. I think Vic Dorso sent us an angry email saying, quit saying I'm a patron or whatever, right? Or quit saying that I'm a fan of the show. Okay. So, um, all right, let's just read this thing, shall we? Because I don't okay, like so he Okay, so he was. So so thank you, Leroy. I was in Squamish, B.C. on May. He's confessed. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. On, on May 1901, and Clifford Olson was arrested in my small town, then released by the RCMP, which I assume is the Royal Canadian, Canadian Mounted Police. The Mounties? So they were like... So they had, so they had this guy and they released him. So apparently the, your book does not know that they found, or maybe they wait. knew it, they just didn't put it in there. He, wait, wait. You're, he said he released it. They released him. Not him, not Leroy. They, they arrested Clifford Olson, was arrested in my small town, then released by the RCMP. If he was released, if, they had, if he had done it and they had the evidence he did it, would they release him? Well, that's, he agreed to go to America. <laughs> Next time on Grog Talk, we review the trans Canadian, whatever he was. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's plenty to. Okay, all right. Yeah, so all right. that's uh, this is the problem with your crappy five dollar book that you got from England is they they don't give you all the facts, and now we have people who know what we're talking about. We look like morons, which is not really hard. If he's released, how's that? How's that? Why do you think he did it? He was released. I guess this we'll have to do this next time on Grog Talk. What? Because he, apolog- he apologized. I don't know. Maybe, they let him go. Maybe he had a good story. They didn't catch him the first time. They said. <laughs> okay. That's what they're saying. So fortunately, right. so on the good on the one hand, the good news is uh, he was the only suspect at the time. Well, we found two or three more suspects based on our investigation. Yes, <laughs> we've we're adding to the list. That's right. Maybe they have the wrong person who was arrested. Mm-hmm. I mean, who sounds more suspicious, this random guy or people who listen to our show? Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. We're playing Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. 40 years later. Unless okay. sa- satanic Panic? I'll give you Satanic Panic. So. But wait. Uh, Leroy, isn't it true that you had books... Discussing demonology. Depicting and, and demon creatures on them? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, they should have rounded up all the D&D players. 
Start with them. Get them all. Um, you, you, you think you're a cool guy, don't you? Right. Yeah? <laughs> Seems okay. All right. The chance of a player character dwarf being a mountain dwarf is 100% if the player wants to be one, and if no circumstances of the campaign prohibit such a choice. This decision is one a player character can make for his character, although the simple desire to be a mountain dwarf is sometimes not enough to guarantee that the character will member of a group of adventurers. You know what they, I wish they'd answered about the aquatic elves, right? So, of course, they take the easy way out. This guy should have written it and said, can I be a... a an elf sub race or you know it have to be high elf but they didn't a missed opportunity if the player knows something about the dm's campaign milieu beforehand there may be obvious reasons why a mountain dwarf would not be a desirable character there are no mountainous areas in the dm's world are you falling asleep yet james for instance yeah exactly where if anywhere can a mountain dwarf call home well, okay, he's traveling. And have you read Lord of the Rings? In a world consisting of nothing but oceans, deserts, plains, and forests, it might be hard to justify the existence of any type of dwarves. When the DM is deciding which races or sub-races NPCs should be, he must take other things into account besides simple preference. First and foremost, for dwarves, geography and topography of the environment will dictate whether a certain clan a certain area is composed of hill dwarves, mountain dwarves, and maybe some hybrid of hybrid of both. Other information gleaned from the rule books can be used to make things fit properly. For instance, if a band of halflings is located in close proximity to clan dwarves, it would be quite proper to designate them as stout halflings because of that subrace is known affinity for dwarves. There are no percentages for the chance of a dwarf being a mountain dwarf or a halfling being a stout halfling because no, no set of guidelines could be developed that would be a pro type of Campaign. I'm sorry, you, I, I muted you a while ago. Were you talking? Yeah, thank you. I wish I could have muted myself. Um, yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That, that focused on just that the last part, the mountain dwarves. You know, it was. It really didn't ever answer. Okay, we have, a right. new, we have a new T-shirt. That's what Aggie's telling us. We have a new GrogCon T-shirt. You want Satanic Panic? I'll give you Satanic Panic. Wow. <laughs> I like that. I gotta write that down. Yes, right. So what did they say? It's just they basically nothing, said, nothing, yeah. nothing. No, nothing. We're moving on. Nothing. I'm hiring you. Nothing. Um. All right. I was gonna move. Gonna move this real quick. Ready? Real fast. Do wow. It's. I'm surprised it's only nine o'clock. It feels like ten o'clock. It does. Do the It's only been an hour. It's been like two hours. Do the work. on this show. <laughs> Do dwarves rise to the seventh or eighth level of cleric ability? The deities and demigods cyclopedia. Did you know that it's the deities and demigods cyclopedia? Apparently, is that true? I don't know. Let's look at it. Okay, I'm getting it. Oh, sorry, Grizzly. Yes, cyclopedia. It says. Okay. All right. Oh, sorry, Grizzly. Come back. Okay. What is the um, difference between a cyclopedia and yes. an encyclopedia? This is excellent question, James. Excellent question. I don't know the answer to that. I'd like to know that. Are you looking it up? No, I have no idea. You want me to look it up? Uh, yes, I think I do. All right, hold on. And I'll keep reading the question. So do dwarves rise to the seventh? Look it up and listen. Yeah. <laughs> do, do dwarves rise to the seventh or eighth level of cleric ability? The deities and demigods cyclopedia. I love how they put trademark on there. It's your own magazine. And the monster manual either state or imply that seventh is a maximum, but the player's handbook says eighth. Oh, this is very interesting. Page 108 of the Deities and Demigods seems to suggest you can go up to 8th level 
in clerical ability. Where is that? Well, I'm going flipping and turning page one. Wait, 108 of the deities and demigods. Well, it depends what? which version. Yeah, I got the wrong. Oh, yeah, that guy's got the original, the copyright one, because I'm looking at Therm, Lord of the Frost Giants. Right. Is chaotic evil. Lord of the Frost Giants. Yes. That would be, oh, yeah, what was that? Kind of like Sarath Ungle or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I could see that. A Lord of the Frost Giants song. All right. Well, none of us have 108. None of us, does anyone out there have, what, the 144 page or something? No. We don't know what that is. We're lost. We are lost. We're sailing on a sea of corpses. Okay. Um, Well, let me, so, so Encyclopedia versus Cyclopedia. Cyclopedia is a comprehensive reference work, often spanning several printed volumes with in-depth articles on a range of subjects. Uh, while Cyclopedia is archaic, the circle of or compass of the arts and sciences, originally of the seven so-called liberal arts circle of human knowledge. So I guess it's more specific. That's what it's, does that help? Are you awake? Are you with us? No, I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? Okay. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Not an author for a second. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, never, we're never coming back to this play. The, the, the owner of the suffering badger thinks we suck. It's okay. Kill me. All right. So. Okay. Um, so apparently there's some. All right. Uh, so apparently there's some discrepancy. Without even knowing what is said on page 108 of the Cyclopedia, can you give an answer, James? The, the answer is, for player characters, well, first of all, d- dwarves, you can't be a dwarf pl- uh, cleric player character. That's the right, that, that, okay. So he didn't actually say that. He, the question is, do dwarves rise to 7th or 8th? So I assume we're talking about NPCs. And you pointed that out. That would be, you would get some extra points for that, James, on the exam, because to, to, to make sure that there's no suggestion that you could be a PC uh, dwarven cleric. So good answer. So, so I, guess, is, I guess I'm going to look at maybe uh, I, maybe they're under the non-human mythos. Maybe that would be the only thing that would make sense oh, that they were maybe. referencing. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to go to more? dwarves. And it says on, so again, I have this book, page 91. It says non-player character dwarf clerics can rise as high as the seventh level. Though this usually takes hundreds of years. So what does it say in the player's handbook? Where did you see it? Where was that? So in my edition of the Cyclopedia, known as yeah. Deities and Demigods, which I have from Blaine McGuire, who we're still looking for. Um, this is which version? This is, I don't know. doesn't say. doesn't say what edition I have. This is a 1980 edition. So, Is it under Moradin? Yeah, it's, under, uh, or is it's it? under Moradin. Page 91 in mine. Okay. Oh, there it is. Yeah, non-player care dwarven clerics can rise as high as the seventh level. Those usually takes 100 years. Okay, very good work. Very good investigative work, James. And then I assume we will find on page 14. Yes. Eight. Yeah. Oh, well, I know what the answer is for me. Gary always wins. Right. So he put down eighth level. So it would be eighth. Wait a second, James. Okay, hold on. Uh, I have some questions for you. Of is course. it true that subsequent books supersede prior books? They 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 typically do. Whoa, wait. Whoa, boo. <laughs> what do you guys think of that? <laughs> they 
They're all anchored. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, I well, saw I, you put I, in typically. I, I did say typically. Well, I'm going to have to read this again. So, okay, so the question is valid. It's a valid question. It's kind of... Um, so I'm, I'm back to what's his it's face. A, it's valid, but when it only deals with NPCs, okay. I mean, how, how, yeah, I mean, it's relevance is dwindling, isn't it? Right. Can rise as seven, though it takes hundreds of years. So am I, I, I would, I retract, I would say the deities and demigods, if I will say this, this is my true answer. If you are using the deities and demigods, book and you're praying to Moradin, you can go to seventh level. Even though he's supposedly the father of the dwarves. However, if you don't use that and use another milieu, another pantheon, they could be as high as eighth level per the player's hand. <laughs> I like that. It's it, it's it's scary. It's scary how similar I think you're becoming to me. <laughs> so I like that. You're, and I'm not saying I've rubbed off on you, but your your art of reconciliation is indeed impressive. Um, you know, okay, one could make an argument. It says they can rise to as high as seventh level, correct? Does that mean that that's true? Does that mean that it's the max? They can rise. Is, true or false, James? Hmm. Non-player character dwarves can rise as high as the seventh level. True or false? It says yeah, it says true because it says that. Does that mean that they can't go to eighth level? If you can rise to eighth level, can you rise as high as seventh level, or does as high suggest a ceiling? I think it. I think the way I would read it, it infers a ceiling. But okay, who, no. No. <laughs> well, just if we're trying to reconcile. Okay, um, my answer would be: I do not think I. If there's a if there's an in uh, this is tough James, so well uh, okay let's keep going because I'm going to go back to page ninety, non-human deities. There's a whole host of creatures which have been created in the game of Advanced Dungeons Dragons that have either been spawned from the minds of mists of passment or created entirely from the minds of game masters. Such a wide variety of creatures and subcultures requires an equally wide diversity of deities and lesser beings. The blah blah blah. The non-human races occupy different places in every dungeon master's individual world. So, this section seeks to only outline some major beings. A complete pantheon of god, dwarven gods, demigods, and would be can be easily imagined. But its complete notation is too awkward a task. So it's up to the DM to do it. So my my still stand with my thing, which is these are these are representative. In, if if you played Morden, you'd ha- you would limit your clerics to seventh. But if you used another pantheon. It could be higher level. That's a that, that's a pretty good answer. I, I like that answer quite well. Um, I mean, it's 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 reconciliation. I mean, it's BS, but it's it's a good reconciliation. I like it. You know, one of the problems I have is that this isn't Gary. You know, and and so the, the super, me, I would like to say superseding applies. Gary can supersede Gary in the Holy Trinity. Now. I'm a big fan of this book, to be sure, and, and one of the, the reasons why this gets difficult, because I'm about to say, yeah, but I don't think this should supersede the player's handbook, because I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to have, in, in the games I would run, I would not have Jim superseding Gary, but it gets complicated, because remember, we had Jim on the show, and we asked Jim about... Uh, Claire, about uh, no, what was the, what was the question that we asked? Oh, mm-hmm. 
if you're a deity, how, do you have to be the same alignment as your right, deity? Right, same alignment. And if I recall correctly, in the DMG, there was some indication that it wasn't absolute. And in the deities and demigods, it said it has to be. And and we asked Jim about that. And if I recall correctly, Jim said, Gary blessed, no pun intended, blessed that part of the book. So it gets complicated because you don't know what parts Gary has blessed in the deities and demigods and which he hasn't. I, If there's a conflict between the two, mm, I don't know. Mm, I'm going, uh, okay, I don't know. I have no answer. Let's see. You ready? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not the sage. You're the sage this time. So let's see how you do. In his general on this issue of Dragon Magazine, Roger Moore suggests one logical answer to this problem. To resolve the discrepancy, it can be ruled that dwarven clerics with 18 ascend to 8th level, while all others are limited to 7th level. In the final, it includes 8th level Dwarven clerics, or regardless of wisdom score, is a matter of choice and circumstance. Perhaps if your campaign was begun with a pre-generated band of dwarves that includes characters who have seventh-level cleric ability. Oh, as per the monster manual. Whoa. What? You must allow the possibility of those characters rising to eighth level. But such an advancement, even if possible, would take decades of game time to achieve. According to the age determination charts in the DMG, Dwarven clerics who are established as NPCs already almost 300 years old. If a dwarf has spent, say, 200 years rising from first level to as high as 7th level, and then the advancements from 7th to 11th, 7th to 8th is certainly not going to come about overnight. Okay, so you're looking at the monster manual, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, know, it's, it's a long paragraph. I don't see anything about clerics in here. It doesn't mean it's not. I assume it's there somewhere. So, well, here they, they have, uh, if you have 320 dwarves encountered, the highest level is a seventh level cleric. So this is interesting. So, and, and Monster Manual is first. Mm-hmm. So Gary Smith in dwarves. Player's Handbook, he changes to eighth. I wonder if Jay, I wonder if Jim, I mean, who knows? And these are not the kind of things you like. Who wants to ask this during a podcast? You know what I mean? We're not like 60 minutes. Hey Jim, we're definitely not sixty minutes. Hey Jim, you know why? Why'd you put that in the DMs and demigods? Um, I'm sure if yeah, we had this question, we would have asked it. And he would have said, "Go to this Dragon magazine," which would have been hilarious. <laughs> if he did that. <laughs> no, we're not up there yet. We're, right. it's a, you know. All right. So Roger Moore does a reconciliation. All right. I think that's a. Um, I think it's a mistake. Okay. Can we, what do you can think? We, can we move on? Uh, yes, we can. I'll take a loss. I'm fine with that. Why? Why is the word? I like your answer actually. I like yours better. Why, Edie Morid and non-psionic while dwarves can be. Oh, <laughs> I, I remember this one. Hey, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm sure Roger Moore tackled that too. Uh, he did. He did. He did. I'm gonna say that. I think it's going to probably have to do with something that deities, spells and abilities, they're representative. They don't necessarily mean that the, the, the creatures underneath them have to be the same. He chooses not to be psionic, something like that nonsense. Yeah, I so. mean, that's, that's, that sounds as good as anything. 
Again, Roger Moore tackled this problem in his article by suggesting that Morden simply doesn't let on that he has psionic powers. There you go. Yeah, but that's, you know, I don't like, yeah, okay. I mean, it doesn't say he has them. It probably says nil, right? Preferring I'm, to keep. I'm sure it is, yeah. Nil means nil. Nil doesn't mean Unknown. not nil. Right? Right. He's, he's, he's hiding it. Preferring to keep his thoughts to himself. Without assuming so much about what kind of a guy Morden is, the question can also be approached in this fashion. Oh, boy, here we go. Oh, boy. Who's writing this? Dwarven, they know it's, it's procurement. Dwarven's, dwarves and a half. Where's Gene Wells? Well, on her back. Dwarves and halflings are the only characters besides humans who can possess psionic ability, and only dwarves and halflings of an unusual nature are eligible. Unusual in this case can be taken to include those. Okay, I'm not going to read the rest of this. You know what I say? Don't use psionics. I mean, but then again, I guess you have to use psionics, just not for PCs. Well, right? here, here in, I'm sorry, here on, under Moradin, it says psionic ability six. I don't even know what psionic ability six means. What does that mean? Wait, what? Under page 90, back to page 91. Apparently, this is the Moradin show. What the heck is going on? I'm confused. Oh, it's nil, 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 nil. That's what six means. Oh. But being listed as six cannot use psionics and are involved with any type of psionic attack, including psionic blast. So, yeah, he's basically like, I don't want to deal with it. So if you go under page six of the deities and demigods, we're flipping yeah. and turning as usual. Yeah. Okay. They instead of like writing them out, they have classes of it. Okay. Right. So instead of that, so you get all excited. Woohoo! I'm a six. What did you get? I got, I got two. I got six. Wow, that's. You look it up. You're like, oh, that's nil. Cannot use psionics and are invulnerable. Right. You know, just make something up. So there's weirdo dwarves that I was, why does your, why do you, you have to, your deity have psionics? How do you know there's not a dwarven deity that has psionics? Why, that's not the full pantheon. Right. Back why to my thing there. This, yeah. Morden is, just because he's the father of the dwarves, but there's a large pantheon. The idea is he created them. Okay, I get it. Well, maybe he decided they needed psionics and he didn't want it. Good for thee. Good for thee, not for me. Right? Or give him psionics if you want, right? Okay. So here you go, James. Now, I know you're tired of it being the Morden show, so let's move on to something different, okay? Ready? Right. Because you're sick of Morden, right? Okay. Next question. Concerning Morden. Worshippers, worshippers alignment for him is listed as lawful good parental wars. Does this mean that only lawful good dwarves may worship him? All dwarves and any other lawful good characters may worship him? I actually like this question. So this is more than just Morin, right? This is actually this is a worshippers alignment question. So I kind of like this. So to repeat, worshippers alignment is listed as lawful good friend dwarves. Does this mean that only lawful good dwarves may worship him or that all dwarves and any other lawful good characters may worship him? So the question is, you got to have both of those, lawful good dwarves, or is it lawful? What do you think? It's, it's lawful good or dwarves. Okay. Well, well, you know it's going to be a long one. It starts with well, comma. Uh, Here we go. I know. This has been rough. Well. <laughs> I picked this. I picked this one. Well, it can mean both of those things, not at the same time, and a few others besides. 
<laughs> Here we go. It, it depends on the circumstances of the campaign. If Morden is the only dwarven god in the DM's pantheon, then dwarves don't have much choice if they want or feel a need to worship a dwarven deity. Non-lawful, non-good dwarves, such as player characters, thieves, and assassins, might have difficulty adhering to Morden's standards. However, if Morden is the only dwarven god, and he knows he's the only dwarven god, and if those dwarven thieves and assassins don't have another acceptable deity to turn to, then Morden might not look upon those dwarves with absolute disapproval and can be expected to understand their plight. He is lawful good, after all, even if some dwarves might not be. In a campaign with fully developed dwarven pantheon, where dwarves of non-lawful, non-good alignments can worship a more agreeable deity, then it is unlikely that Morden would want to attract or have to put up with any dwarves who aren't lawful good. General guidelines of how to run the deities of a campaign are virtually impossible to set forth because of the vast number of variables involved, but it is probably safe to say that there are no foreseeable circumstances where a... No this is interesting, okay, ready? I, I know you're sleeping. Wake up. But it is probably safe to say that there are no foreseeable circumstances where a non-dwarf, even a lawful good non-dwarf, would worship Moradin. Think of that. Likewise, the right to worship a certain non-human deity is generally limited to members of that particular race. But the prohibition can't always work the other way. Dwarf, for instance, can certainly worship human and other non-dwarven deities if that deity's outlook is the same. So while not all dwarves must necessarily worship dwarven gods, all the worshippers of any dwarven god will be dwarves themselves. Oh, what do you think about that, James? I know you're catching up on your other work. Yeah, it was I think you're like like doing your grocery list. I heard you typing well, up. Well, people like, actually being. I'm doing the work of the the, the show because this is. He basically said it depends. I don't. It's nonsense. It's, but I don't like that. What do you? Oh. While not all dwarves must necessarily worship dwarves, so dwarves get to worship human deities, but the human can't worship the dwarven deity. That makes no sense. It's certainly not in today's day and age. This no. is not. This is wrong, right? No, I, 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 I don't ascribe to that. I certainly think that, um, particularly he, here's why I would have. I would say it, like humans and dwarves, they all have souls. So I assume the deity doesn't care what kind of souls he gets. Souls are souls. So that is kind of interesting. So there's like the so there's a Morden temple or something, and you show up in your a human. Right. You will look a little. You will look a little odd. Though, yeah, you'll won't be tall. You? <laughs> right. You're awful tall, tall for a dwarf. Right. Yeah. And where's your beard? Yeah. Right. Huh. But I could see uh, some humans like a, a offshoot cult. That are enamored by the forging and the you know the craftsmanship, mm -hmm. armors and smiths who are like, why am I going with the, you know the human forgers when I can go straight to the source, the best forgers out there. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Or like Dance of the Wolves. Maybe you were raised by dwarves. I know right. he wasn't raised by by Native Dances Americans. Dances with okay. dwarves. The next Dances with dwarves. Next on Grog Talk. But okay, so lawful good open friend door. All right, it is what it is. I mean, I just v. Well, it says worshippers. Does it mean it has to be that? What does it mean? What is okay? Hang on. Now we're flipping and turning. Where's worshippers align? And 
All right. This this DDS dynamic is page six. This refers to the general alignment of those who worship, adore, or propitiate. <laughs> propitiate. That's worship, not... adore, or propitiate. Apparently, these are three different. So you can just, oh, you can just adore. You don't have to worship, right. James. You could I I adore Moradin. <laughs> you can adore or propitiate. This does not necessarily apply to the alignment of the deities, clerics, which must be done. So this just says the general alignment. When I see general, I think that just means like generally, right? All right. Win or regard the favor of a god, spirit, or person by doing something that pleases them. Oh, okay. So you can just you're just propitiating. Yeah. I'm not adore. I don't adore. I don't. Okay. All right. Moving on. Last one, James. The last one. Oh. And I know you'd be very happy that. So are we, ending on a, are we ending on a high note? And I know you want to move away. You're sick of dwarf questions, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, Here it we makes go. sense. I, the only thing that would have been worse is if I, I'm surprised you didn't pick the gnomes all about gnomes uh, one. Well, I almost picked the monk one, but I think those would be too hard. Yeah. Can a nothing personal? Can a dwarf use a long sword in one hand? A dwarf is too short to use. Say, bad dwarf use it two-handed, and if so, does he strike every other round with it? So, can a dwarf use a long sword in one hand, and can he use a bastard sword two-handed? And if so, does he strike every other round? I don't know what the every other round is, but long sword in one hand is a yes. That is a yes. I think the only limit is creatures under five feet can't use a weapon of certain height or something like that. So, what's the height of a longsword? Yeah, what is the, yeah, what's uh, the length? We have that. In the player's handbook. Flipping and turning. All right. You're right. It's, I believe it's where so. all the adjustments are. Okay. So, we're going to page 30-something. 38, I believe. 38. 37, 38. Yep, 38. Three and a half feet. Right. So How, how tall is a dwarf, James? Four, plus or minus. Oh, that's that's pretty big. That is. So but now it says there's a rule, though, right? You said there's a rule, right? Where's the rule? I'm trying to remember the rule. The rule is that you can. Uh, what what did I say? That weapons of a certain size can't be used by. Now, where is that rule? Gosh, I have no idea. It is somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere it's somewhere in here right? and trying to remember where in god's name it is i would like to propitiate can i propitiate i'd uh, like to be propitiating for some divine favor to find where i would find this rule maybe it's in the dm maybe it's in the dmg no one on the chat is no they're we're like we're terrible students uh, no, they haven't said, I'm, where did I see that? I don't know. So, I, I, okay, I'm going by my gut. Longsword, yes. Bastard sword, two-handed, yes. Bastard sword, one-handed, no. And this is actually an important question, because, right, dwarves, you know, you want to be a halfling and you want the longsword. Okay. Whether a dwarf can use... Oh, here it is. Here we go. Where? Uh, okay. Reference, please. Um, right. Page 19. 
Obviously. Why would it be with the weapon Of the player's handbook. Oh, armor and weapons permitted. That makes sense. Okay. Characters in the three. Asterisk three. Rules AF. There's maybe my next one. Mm-hmm. Characters under 5 feet high cannot employ the longbow or any weapon over 12 feet in length. Those under 100 pounds cannot use any heavy crossbow or polearms, including two-handed swords. So, is he a, what kind of character? Dwarf fighter? Let's assume, sure. Then the answer mm-hmm. is, he can use any of those items. Because it's just simply, yeah, that's interesting. Any character under 5 feet cannot employ, the 12 or 12 feet in length. Okay, okay. So I'm a dwarf, I can use a longsword? Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yes. I can use a long sword. I can use a bastard sword. I can use a two-handed sword as long as I'm over 100 pounds. That seems... Oh. Wow. So weight can be... Yes. The weight... Okay. That seems... So if I just hit 100 pounds, I can use a long sword. So I need to, I need to bulk up. I need to drink and sure. Right. So I'm 99. How can you increase your weight in the game? So if you roll 99 pounds... You have to try talk to the DM and ask if you can like go on a weight gain program, like protein, right? Eat, eat a lot of uh, what are those? Uh, eat a lot of cockatrice. <laughs> Tastes like cockatrice. I believe if you eat the cockatrice, you'll be stoned <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> your, your 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 innards turn to stone. I don't feel so good. <laughs> I like cockatrice, but it doesn't like me. Okay, all right. I should start reading. It's only, for, it's only basically an entire side of the page. Oh, no. This is horrible. <laughs> Whether a dwarf can use or carry any sword longer than a short sword is a matter of conjecture and contention. Certainly, a dwarf is capable of lifting and swinging a long sword, a broadsword, and a bastard sword, but the shortest of these weapons is almost as tall as the average dwarf. This makes such weapons unwieldy, even in the hands of a dwarf or other diminutive humanoid with above average strength or dexterity. No dwarf in his right mind would try to carry such a weapon around with him. It is true. Where is it? Isn't he like it's always knocking on the floor and airy? No, uh, unless he enjoys being overly encumbered and likes wearing his scabbard belt around his shoulders. There's humor there, James. Got it. Not much. Not much. Very little. Any dwarf who tries to take a longsword down the dungeon steps is probably going to clank and clatter so much that he'll be a walking lure for wandering monsters. Okay, I think that's fair. Other PCs aren't going to put up with this sort of situation for very long, if at all. If a dwarf finds himself unarmed in the midst of melee and there's a longsword lying on the floor nearby, nothing is to prevent him from grabbing it and flailing away. But he isn't going to wield it well. For one thing, he can't possibly be proficient in the use of such a weapon. Wow. Did you hear that? For one thing, James, mm-hmm. he can't possibly be proficient in the use of such a weapon. What do you think of that? I think, I think these, the, this, this answer sucks. sucks. I don't, wow. I don't, I don't like his answer at all. But go ahead. Or her. Or her. Um, probably not. I don't think this. This doesn't sound like Gene Wells. No, it doesn't. And in, and in addition, and she's been banned and in addition to the customary penalty for non-proficiency so wow sage advice sir said cannot be proficient in a long sword if you're dwarf the dm anyway they're always taking an axe anyway aren't they and in addition to the customary penalty for non-proficiency the dm might justifiably tack on penalties to the weapon speed factor 
Um, it's a adjustment against his figure. Even if a dwarf is able to manipulate a longsword or broadsword and score a hit, despite all the penalties attached to the attempt, he might be unable to bring the weapon or bear on a target with any more effectiveness than if he were wielding a short sword. Yeah, take a drink, please. Really. And perhaps it would be adjusted even, blah, 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 blah. Whether or not a dwarf can use a longsword or a broadsword with one hand or a bastard sword with two hands is a topic that calls for more interpretation by the DM. If you choose to allow a dwarf to employ a longsword with one hand, then you'll have to make a different set of penalties for one-handed or two-handed use of the weapon and make the one hand enough so that it's highly advisable to use the weapon with both hands if used at all. The penalties that might accrue to a dwarf. <laughs> try, try, I can't sleep because i got to read it. Trying to use, where was I? Huh? Okay, all right, well, I'm 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 done talking that. It doesn't make any. I don't. I don't. I totally don't agree with that. Now, first of all, this goes back to my whole challenge with sage advice. It's a hard gig. They should have, like we've talked about before, there are rules, rulings, and house rules. Rules are rules. Like you roll d10 for fighter hit dice. That's a that's a rule. Like half these that come up, where they literally didn't read the DMG or the players have. This is a ruling. They don't even cite the rule that it's based on. The rule I, we talked about is what people have put and what I said, page 19, which says if they're over 100 pounds, they are not restricted by that. If they're less than five feet, they can't use pole arms. It doesn't say swords. They're, his argument of, well, the sword is as long as him. Well, look at how long a two-handed sword is. It's six foot long. Oh, so. So oh. if, if you have a, a short human, they can't use a two-handed sword? We don't do that. Oh, that's true. They, don't, they usually have it. I see it like on your back, yeah. right? And it's correct. Average comes up above you. Yeah, people don't have their two-handed sword on their hilt, on their side. It would drag oh. across the floor. Well, they did once. Yeah. Once. <laughs> Where does this go? Yeah, they just ding. <laughs> All right. And then you yeah. could, you wouldn't, you know, again, if you want to say that, that's fine, but then you're really going to have to limit, you'd have to apply that rule to everything. You, basically, you couldn't use pole arms. Are, are you using the rule about space required? Uh, because pole arms would be, they should be ridiculous in a dungeon. Who's bringing, yeah. a, who's bringing a pike all in there? Well, they shouldn't anyway, but, you know, a lucerne, not a lucerne, uh, a spear is 13 feet long, potentially. Yeah, I get, I, I I get it. It it it's making it also then that you're discouraging people being dwarves because they're short. Yeah, I get. I I don't have strong feelings one way or another. I I wouldn't have a problem with the DM modifying this to take these things in at least to think about. It's interesting to think about. I mean, you've talked about weapon space rules, right? You've talked about spacing for weapon that everyone's yeah. in melee and you're just. You're whacking around with a, a long two hand, sword. Two-handed sword needs a six-foot radius. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like uh, you know, you're know, you doing this kind of thing. You're swinging back and forth or you're chopping. And again, now we're getting into the wargaming thing. And yeah. that's when it becomes difficult. You are. And, and you know, you're going to look like a jerk and sound like a jerk. Players are going to be unhappy. I, hey, I want to play a dwarf and I'm taking a long sword. Well, you know, I'm going to impose a penalty. Why? And you get into this 
big debate, and, you, and the players like it doesn't say that. Talks about uh, height of the the weapon, and there's rules on that. It's not here. It's probably just easier just to be like, yeah, yeah, no worries. I'm with you. So okay, you convince me. So again, if you're gonna do rulings, here's how I've ruled it. They can use long swords. They can't use bastard swords. They can't use two end swords. Uh, I have a, in the ruling on page nineteen that you could infer that halflings could use long swords. I've said no, they can't use long swords. They can use short swords. That's their, and they could use a long sword like a two-handed sword. That's basically how I've I've ruled it. So I would do the same thing. I would say long swords is normal. Bastard swords is the two-handed sword for them. They can't use a two-handed sword. Yeah, and I, you know, the final paragraph here is kind of like that to an extent. It says, in matters like this, where the rules provide no specific allowances or prohibitions, logic and rule. I like. I think it should stop there. It then says it is enough for a DM to discourage the use of long swords by dwarves by administering logical and sensible penalties to the attempt, rather than by issuing an outright proclamation against such activity. Let the players do what they want as long as they're priced. So, I kind of wish it stopped with just that last sentence. So I think that, that yeah, I, I think, I don't know what I think. I well, think the DM should have discussed. I know we do, I know a lot of this book, right? I mean, because then it's boring to say, well, the DM can do whatever they want. Uh, but I wouldn't have a massive problem here with the DM imposing some sort of restrictions on it. But I agree that it seems best just to. Well, fortunately, our Let Canadian friends are reminding us of other Canadians who we haven't put in our suspect pool. Mm -hmm. uh, Shannon reminded me that Rob slash Menon, or Menon, also known as Rob, uh, oh. was was in Canada as well. So, and probably, I think, I wonder if he went to Japan in like May of right. 1981. Yeah, that's right. Menon, can you let us know if you went to Japan in 1981 to escape? Uh, Menon was sort of traveling through. Didn't he start in Scotland that's or something? Right. He went, or England? Did he go west and have and follow a trail of bodies? Yeah, exactly. Didn't we just, didn't we talk about, what was it, somebody, Joel the Ripper? Didn't we have some serial killer in England? Yeah. And then earlier. Right. And now it's. It's all coming together. Trans Canada Highway, so he's traveling. Him and Vic. There's two of them. <laughs> well, I assume Vic. <laughs> Vic didn't know. I just. I had no idea that dude was doing that. He wanted to see Canada. <laughs> he's like, I'm headed to Japan. That's all right, going west. That's Can right. Can you get me to British Columbia? Can you get me to Vancouver? Yeah. Sure. And a string of bodies follow. Right. So. Okay. Well, maybe, you know what, this will be a good opportunity for, if you are on YouTube, go listen to David's YouTube channel. All It's got a lot of great D&D other gaming things, and he probably will admit to being the killer. Or listen to mm -hmm. Rob Menyon's uh, podcast, uh, Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy, Bushy, which means he's probably confessing to being the killer. Which yeah, I, you got to read between the lines. you got to read between the lines. Or so, listen to it backwards. If you listen to Menyon's <laughs> podcast backwards, he probably admits it. Right. It's me. I did, I did it. <laughs> I am the <laughs> I'm the trans. They got the wrong guy. A poor dude. Oh, that's right. right. It's like the satanic. It goes back to satanic. Back. All right. Are we done with sage advice? Please tell me we're done with sage advice. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. Support Grog Talk by becoming a patron at www.patreon.com backslash Grog Talk. All right, so that was sage advice. Now we're moving on to random encounter. So uh, if anyone would like to confess to this killing in 1981, that would be uh, let, let us know. 
um, even though it's been solved, we assume that they did it wrong. Let's, let's go back and figure it out. So we're now going to random encounter. And um, I'm sorry, Shannon, I, we could have used your dice. So I'm looking forward to using them next time. Uh, what you guys say? What you guys say about me? I said, talking about me? I said, I was doing auditions. I'm like, if you can come up with random nonsense and You're replacing dis- me. disappear at, at times during the show, yes, you could be the, a guest host and, at auditioning for the permanent That's spot. the qualifications. Great. I'm already being replaced. I accept. All right. Okay. So, so now we're on random encounter. Let's do it. All right. The dorso roll. That's right. The dorso roll. The Trans-Canada <laughs> Highway Killer Roll. That's right. All this right. Is, you confirmed this door stuff. Six. What are we doing? That is the Monster Manual 2. Right. We're still... The Cave Bear is still the winner. We're trying to defeat the Cave Bear. But, but, the the merchant lives. The merchant did live. Right? He's the only... The, the two two times people have lived. The right. Those have been men. They ran. Because they're smart. Men are weak. <laughs> Men are, men are weak. Men live. They're smart and weak. They run. The run. coward These dies are... a thousand deaths, but he's still alive to think about it. That's right. Yep. All right. Okay. So I am flipping and turning to the back of this. Mm-hmm. Sir, I need a die 10. All right. Die 10. Two. We are in a dungeon. Oh, that's convenient. I, I need a die 10 for the level. Six. Well, that's pretty good. Oh, it's going to be, yes. This is going to be a good one. Okay, now it is time for the D8 and D12. All right, I'm using the pink D8, D12, and coming up with a seven. Seven. Odiog. An Odiog or an Otug? Oh, well, I don't know how to pronounce it. Otug? O-T-Y-U-G-H. That's that's a classic, yeah. Monster Manual 1, right? Yeah. Otug? Otug or Otug? Otug? Odiog? Well, that's the question. How do you... Okay. Oh, oh, wait a go second, back to the book. Go back to Dragon 90-something. Yes, can you pull that up? Oh, I wanted that to be a segment. I keep forgetting to do that. All right, you need to pull it. Can you pull that up? Do you remember Dragon? I will start reading this. That look on your face. I will start Which reading. Which Dragon was okay. it from? Well, I don't know. You're going to have to type in Dragon Magazine Pronunciations, uh, probably, don't you think? Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, you keep, you read. Was this one of the ones that was a little toy? I can't remember. I, remember I had, believe so. I'd have to look in the art and the arcana. Art and okay. So the creature that we are discussing, these weird monsters. Oh, I hope it was created by a mad wizard. We'll find out. These weird monsters are omnivorous scavengers, not at all hesitant about adding a bit of fresh meat to their diet of dung, offal, and carrion. Oh, yeah, I remember these guys. They hang out and like, eat a bunch of trash and all that. They're just kind of sit in a dungeon. They hate direct sunlight or bright light. So they are found underground in most cases. Usually 90% only a single individual is encountered. For Odiog typically live in partnership with other subterranean monsters. No, it's not Odiog. Odiog will dwell. It was what is it? Atyug, like I said. Atyug? Uh, at, oh, here. Oh. At, oh, Atyug. A-T hyphen Y-U-G. Atyug. Oh. If assuming this is the monster that you, that's, you rolled, that's it. I pronounced it so badly you weren't even sure what we were talking about. Atyug. So the O is pronounced is an A. Atyug. Okay, thank you. The Atyug has a sensory organ stalk and two tentacle arms. 
which protrude from its hideous body. The eyes are always thrust above the offal the creature layers under. Wait, what? What's above the offal? What? Oh, offal is like trash or something, right? Yeah, O-F-F-A-L? The, the waste. Or the, yep. a, diet, a diet of dung. So he's like smoldering dung. He's dung. That's right, the diet of dung. That, you lose weight if you eat dung. Do you? You don't put I, on the pounds? I, th I think we would. Probably. Um, okay, so the eyes are always thrust above the offal, the creature. Oh, so he's laying, so there's like a big thing of trash or dung, mm -hmm. and he just sits underneath it. Right. His eyes. He okay. Just, he's like a landfill. Where are his eyes? Oh, I see them. Are you looking at? No, you I'm have not allowed in? to look at it. Remember you, because you like to quiz me. I haven't looked right. at it. All right, let's do it. We'll start, we'll start with the quiz. What's his frequency, you think? Uncommon. You're right. It's kind of scary. So, number appearing. Uh, I want to say like two to eight or something crazy. No, not no, one, but then there's parentheses of two, so I guess we'll learn oh. about that. Okay. Eight, AC? Mm, six? Three. Oh, wow. Three. Mo movement. They move around. Uh, I guess 12? Six. They're not that fast. So oh. You can outrun him probably. You, you, <laughs> objection, Your Honor. Misleading. He, he, they move around. That, you kind of led me to thinking it was... Uh, oh, right. I, right. I suggesting it was fast. Yeah, right. no. When I said move around, I was surprised they moved much at all. Oh, I Not see. meaning like, man, those things can move. <laughs> they're, they're sprightly. Uh, hit dice. Oh, are they seven? Six? Very, oh, wonderful. You were right. You were actually right twice. Six to eight. Okay. That's nasty. Yeah, they're, they're decent. I, okay, I don't understand this. Percent in layer. Uh, 100%? Uh, that's what I would think it would be. It's actually nil. Oh, nil. So they, I don't they, know what nil they, means. They, they don't have a layer? They don't have a layer. They kind of move around. They go where the trash goes. They follow the seagulls. <laughs> uh, number of attacks. I think they have two? Three. Oh, three. Nasty. One to eight, one to eight, two to five. Okay. Do they have any special attacks? They, they, I think they give you disease or something. That would make sense. Yes, disease. I mean, they're eating all that dung. Uh, special defenses? I don't think they have a special defense. They do, actually. Oh. They are never surprised. Oh, interesting. Very good. That's going to be useful. Yep. Their intelligence is low average. So, all right. So, the... At Yug will dwell in a true state with other powerful monsters in order to scavenge droppings and other leavings. In most cases, At Yug live in piles of dung and rubbish and thrive there. So, so basically, you've got the. So, if you have a well run dungeon, right. you have the gelatinous cube doing the cleaning, coming mm -hmm. through. Like those sweepers. We've talked about this before, right? right. Like you see the sweepers on the road the, coming The Roomba, the Roomba of dungeons. Yeah, and you better make sure that there's something. Do you need to, like, how do you know that, we've talked about this, how do you know that he's coming? Like, just, like you don't want to, like, just be standing there and, like, walk into the Linus Cube. I guess maybe you throw stuff in it. Always make sure there's something in it, like, you know, so you see it. Like, red flag, you know, you red flag things that come off of your truck. So you need to red flag it. And then you got the Oat Yug, I'm sorry, At Yug. Is right. Okay. Use your waste removal. So you do you think you can buy them, like at like like at Yugs? You know, Joy, come down to our store for the best supply of. Do you need an at Yug for your dungeon? Well, yeah, because you want it to reduce the waste. It's a compactor, mm -hmm. basically. 
Yeah, he's a, that's great. He's a compactor, a septic system, all in one. Okay, because you know you've got the you know it's that whole uh, it's like the sea, right? The sharks chew up the big bits, and then the little bits flat down, and these other creatures kind of consume its circle of life. Oh, well, that's interesting. What is the at Yugs? Does he does he defecate? Yeah. What's what? And who eats the, right. the at Yugs waste? This sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> One poop, two poop, three poop, four. I see an atgug poop here. I see an atgug poop there. I see an atgug poop. What kind of poop does the atgug leave for all of us to share? Yeah, and it's a little. It's a story. Yeah, oh yeah, it's like the little nature story, right? Like who's who eats the atgug's poop? Is this? That's a, it's a charming pop-up story, or is it a pop-down story? <laughs> uh, no, it's scratch and sniff. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> Scratch and Sip Monster Manual would be amazing. We should we should make one. Scratch and Sip Monster Manual. <laughs> Why does your fingers smell like poop? I was playing with my new book from Grog Talk. Don't lie. Scratch Don't lie, Jay. <laughs> Scratch and Sip. You just you just that book around as an excuse. <laughs> Scratch and scratch and sniff. Brought to you by Ronco in association with Grog Talk. We should sell that. We should have. We should sell. Maybe can we get Aggie to do the pictures, the drawings. We could have a. Yeah, we could sell it at GrogCon. The the yeah, the scratch and sniff. Who eats the at yug poop? Scratch okay. and sniff. Uh, Monster Manual <laughs> slash. Who eats at yug poop? Okay. Eats? You're a very strange man, James. Okay. I am. Who's, who's talking? About... James, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm reporting out the. I'm reading the monster entry. Okay. So I. That's okay. The Who eats yug monster has... poop? That's the name of the thing, right? Who eats monster? Yeah. Monster poop. The atyug has a sensory organ stalk and two tentacle arms, which protrude from its hideous body. The eyes are always thrust above the offal. I always learn words. The creature layers under. And this prevents surprise. So it's like a little, like, periscope. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Its tentacles have sharp ridges and are used to deliver smashing blows to prey. The creature's, the creature's mouth is sucker-like and filled with many teeth. If it bites any victims, it is 90% likely to be infected by disease. Typhus. Oh, gosh. Okay. Typhus, yeah. And then you can roll on that table, which is super fun. Yeah, and, and and the thing is, you don't even know that you've got it. I assume you just you don't. I don't know what happens when you have typhus. Is typhus what's typhoid fever? Is that the same? Typhus, typhoid fever. Typhus and typhoid fever are different. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, okay, okay. These monsters have no interest whatsoever in treasure, as humans know it, but their partners may. Occasionally, making the guarding of treasure. They value a condition of allowing the atyug to dwell in semi-symbiosis with them. So clearly, like when you're opening up a dungeon, you're like, yeah, you know what we need? We need an atyug. Without right. question. Okay. Yeah, it's the check. It's the part of the starter set. My first dungeon. You want a cube. Right. You want that guy. The atyug. Um, green slime is good. And that's why you're killing people that come in there because you need to. You need to give him. Well, wait, oh, wait, wait, what's the symbiosis? Oh, he guards our treasure. Okay, so the treasure room, you put the atyug, oh, I want to go into that room. You put the atyug in the treasure room, Yep. and he guards it, and you feed him 
well, this is a win. Yes, well, and that's why it's symbiosis. This is a win-win. Right. So basically, do you have – so like how would you construct this? Because, you know, usually like when you go to the parks, they just have the wood – you got the hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. So would you construct a place like the Atyug is underneath and you're just basically what, – What parks have holes in the ground? What are you talking about? Well, Outhouses? Yes. So basically how are you constructing What kind of parks are you going to? When, when's, the la- when's the last time you've seen an outhouse? 1981. Okay. In, in British Columbia. In British Columbia. <laughs> before I moved to Florida. Yes, now it all makes sense. I had to, I had to get out. I had my reasons. I had to get out of there quick. Okay, now it makes sense. I got I just lay. I, I lived in, yes, I, I was in, I spent my time in, the, in Banff. Okay. So to construct this for me, James. So you're a GC. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're a general contractor. Right. And I want, can construct the, they construct my treasure room for me. It's the outhouse at Yug Treasure. It's well, there used to be a game right? called Dungeon Keeper, which was great. And the idea of it was you were the dungeon and you had to keep the human heroes, those stupid goody two-show heroes, from attacking mm-hmm. your dungeon. You, you put all these traps in here. So that, was, that would be perfect. Uh, so I would say, yes, we would have, well, what's your budget, first of all? Um, we need to understand your budget. How many visitors are you planning? Because you know you have to size this thing properly. How many, how many fair maidens are you capturing? How many slaves? What's your slave to eating ratio? Because some monsters, they mostly use slaves. They eat some of them. Others pretty much eat them all. All that's going to contribute to the volume of waste. Oh, that's true. That's true. So I may just have slaves. Like, what's my what's what's my job? Is basically you're feeding the you just eat and then go into that room right and so do you see it I as, envision more like a pit and there's like a cliff and just people just kind of squat over and it just yeah okay see I saw a hole I saw like some wood and a hole right. but you just see just sort of and it runs down yeah oh the push spell <laughs> push the poop off exactly got the magic user doing the push spell and he's pushing it down to the at yug who's got then the treasures down there. Here's the problem, though. When it comes time to get the treasure, who's getting it? You get it, James. You go down there. Yeah, it's, it's all, your turn. It's all good. Flip the coin. Okay. It's, uh, it's, and, and that's, you know, that is sort of the, um, the problem with treasure, right? If you actually hoard it and you want to look at it, and if it's full of dung, it's not really, that's not that great. Well, maybe that's good. That's smart, right? So basically, you, you finally get to the treasure room, and you're like, really? Wow. Okay. We're gonna, well, we're going to talk about the economy later, so that would be a good <laughs> Yeah, if you paid your taxes. Oh, it's true. We have to pay our taxes, too. Okay. So we're running the dungeon. We don't want to get in trouble with the government. Do you think there's ideas like well-operated? Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll pay our taxes. So we have an accountant. Well-regulated dungeons. Okay. Audio speak their own language and are semi- semi-telepathic. Thus often able to communicate with other life forms when the Atyug so desire see what's a there's a neo Atyug. Yes. What? There's okay. an improved improved one. So I assume the Atyug is basically just there so that way when you see a treasure heap he attacks you. Because you the, the the player characters are looking through the heap. Right. Right, and the Atyug attacks, is that right? I mean, so what I, the way they've been done is like a layer of ogres and gnolls and whatever, goblins, orcs, 
when they're done with their trash, they just throw it into the giant heap. Right. And the, uh, yeah, right. And so you should put your treasure in there. Well, you also could have a room in the same room, so you could keep your treasure separate from that. But don't you, isn't the point... Okay, so how does the Aya guard the treasure? Well, because he's a giant monster, and, and you say... Yeah, exactly. You put the Akyug in the in the room before the treasure room. Oh, okay. And you say, don't let anyone in there except me. Because he's semi... He's not a moron. He... Right, and it could also be a... Um... So you could put it in a secret. You could have a secret room, right? right? Have a secret room off of. So you have the okay. So you have the bathroom. I don't know what they're called in garter robes or something like that. In old, okay, so you have the garter robe. If I've got my name right, so that's where you go to use the bathroom. You use it. You've and then you've got okay. And so you got the, is that the grog it's, line? A, it's a trash apparently. So you got the tra- right. So it's the refuse room, and it's the uh, the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And you got the the Atyug in there. He can move, right? Have him piled. You have it piled like right next to the secret passage door, probably. Don't you think? Right. So you'd exactly. Have to be searching for it. you're like searching for it, and he comes and he attacks you. Yeah, and and for the poor slaves, because what you also would probably do is like they kill the dead adventurer. They're not going to pick their bodies. They just chuck the body into the Uktug room, Atyug room, Atyug, Atyug, and they eat. They he eats it. He poops out the treasure, and then someone has to go dig through and then clean off that treasure and put it into the treasure room. Oh, yeah. That's, well, that's true. So you have two choices when you get captured by the goblins or the orcs. You can either be eaten. You can have relations and, and breed half-breed things. Right. Or you're the, the treasure finder. <laughs> yeah, and what's nice about it is they give you this choice, and they really don't care. It's completely up to you. Right. We don't care. You right. pick. Right. It's very nice of them, right? right? Assuming there's no quotas, like if everyone's picking treasure finder, then they may have to put a limit on it. But Oh, so you got to pick fast. So right. So you've been captured. There's five of you. You've been captured. Right. And it's like, okay, we've got the following positions available. Job. It's a job fair. Slave right, but job once fair. they go, once they go. Right, you default back to one. Well, you could be resold as a slave, be a slave for breeding, Cleaning out treasure or eating. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Pick fast. Okay. Um, all right. Then That's how I would run my dungeon. That would be in the starter manual with the Atyug, how to run the Atyug, how to keep an Atyug happy. Well, that would be a good, a good uh, uh, article, how to run a well-run dungeon. That is a yeah, – they were talking about the ecology of the Atyug. I think that would be a better one. That's uh, someone right for flipping and turning. How to run a, a well-run, a well-kept dungeon? Right. Yeah. 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 An, an ecologically sensible dungeon. That's right. Right. Be sure to pay taxes. Um, Neo Atyugs are a larger, more intelligent species of Atyug. They conform to the general characteristics of Atyug and are even more aggressive in their hunting of prey. Oh, even more aggressive. So the good news is it sounds like Atyugs are aggressive because it says even more aggressive. Yeah. But what's the prey? The prey. They like dung, yeah. offal, and carrion. So, I mean, what, what are they, they going to like ask if you're constipated? <laughs> <laughs> they sense it? <laughs> I mean, who are they? Yeah, they, if you eat, they don't like people eat a lot they got, of fiber. They sniff yeah. around. They smell, I smell dog. <laughs> you smell poopy. 
<laughs> oh, there it is. There's another one. Let's see. 205. I smell poopy. It's going in. <laughs> oh, the humanity. I don't, I don't even have to use 205. Uh, no, come on. All right. So I guess, I mean, I mean, what are they aggressive with? I mean, what are they I going think after? Like, I think they'll eat anything, but they, they <laughs> go with, they'll go with the, the stuff that's not moving. It's a lot easier. Okay. But um, let's see. So they're even, also, the Neo at Yug are slightly better. At are we going to look at both of them? You can't look at both of no, them. No, this is really, it's almost done. Some, spec some specimens of these creatures reach over eight feet in diameter and a height of more than three feet. The height of a Neo at Yug is even even tougher. Because, no, because the reason I'm rating this, James, is because we're getting information about the at Yug. Okay. Even tougher than the at Yug, although the appearance is similar. So that's why they're AC. James, see, this gives us information. That's why it's an AC3. So you didn't realize that they have a tough hide. Okay. Okay. All right. You know, whatever. I mean, they're weird. Okay. They're interesting. Okay. Whatever. Well, okay. and it says right at the beginning, we've read so much we forget. These no. weird monsters are omnivorous scavengers, not at all hesitant about adding a bit of fresh meat to their diet. So that oh, implies. Oh, you're right. That's what it is because you want to make sure that they attack the party. So that's right. You got to have that line in there. So that way. When the party goes into the room, like, okay, I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. I'm yep. going to the garter rope. Yeah. I got it. It's like our merchant. Yeah. Anytime you, anytime you have to relieve yourself, that's a danger time. It's very, man, it is dangerous to go to the bathroom in D&D, &D, isn't it? It's very risky. So, okay, so I'll see you go in there. All right, got it. All right, Adiag. I'm uh, sorry, at Yug. At Yug. I like how you acted like when I said Odiag, like that was like crazy. Like at Yug makes more sense. It's an O T Y. It's For us, it was Oat Yug, but now he's Frank Mincer saying at Yug. At Yug. There's a U G H, Ug. Right. I don't so, know, point that out. So, Oat Yug. That's what we would say, as opposed to at Yug. But it's at it's at Yug, apparently. Well, that's what Frank Menser says. You got what's your point? That's my point. All right, are we going to do this fight? Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so you're the you're the at Yug, Ot Yug, Ot Yug, whatever. Oh, right. I am the champion, Yogi, the cave bear. Correct. Yes. Oh, yeah. And so. Oh, you're kind of like, you like trash. Don't bears like trash? Uh, maybe. So we're at the park. We're in a park <laughs> in British Columbia. That's right. Off the, off the you, highway. You sniff something. You, you smell garbage. Or I smell a dead body. De Wait, what dead body? Oh, oh, that's awful. Okay. All right. <laughs> Got to keep up here. Oh, my God. Are you suggesting that the trans the trans Canada kill, was, is a cave bear? Is a cave bear. We Can solved it. Canadian Dang. cave bear. It's been solved. It's been solved. That's right. Oh. There we go. Ding, ding. We found we it. Might, it's not a human. That would make too much sense. No wonder why might, he had no remorse. He couldn't be caught. He's a cave bear. We owe, we owe a lot of apologies, don't we? We do. We, we, need, do. we need to. Leroy. Well, we, we, did, we, did not, we did not say specifically half the half of our non-american audience was this serial killer right. we just couldn't rule them out they were they were in the area at the time they were old enough and somewhere in the general vicinity 
And they probably stopped playing D&D around 1981, which would also explain that they've, right, they're moving on, leaving right. demonology. They, they, they got what they needed. It's like going to school. They, they, they applied their trade. Mm-hmm. So I well, agree with you. Is it too soon? I mean, it's, it's been, been what? 40, 40 years. <laughs> Man, that, too, you know, I don't know. It might be too soon. Well, okay. Well, that goes back to our American thing. We, we, if we can be entertained... We we enjoy that so. So we we are so. So we are now we are to finally. No no not finally, true crime we have uncovered. Oh that part I'm sorry. Breaking news we have uncovered. That's what happens when you do investigative reporting like breaking this on true crime. News. Yeah I need to get my cousin to do breaking news. We have solved the who's never been caught. Well we are now ready to announce that the Trans Canada Highway killer was in fact. A cave bear. Okay. Right. Let's do it. Message for you, son. There you go. That's that's the news. We got that. Okay. So, and in fact, the the Atyug is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Oh, so he's he's a Mountie. The right. Atyug. The Atyug's the Mountie. Okay. So um, yeah, I'm never surprised, but you're clearly you're you, look. You've got to be inspecting some trash here, right? I mean, that's what you do, right? You, you said, or dead body. You're sniffing around. You find a dead body next to a trash heap, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. It was someone saying, is the Atyug on the cover of the Monster Man? I don't think so. Uh, no. That I looks guess... like a roper on the cup. That's the only weird creature. And the owlbear, of course. Mr. The infant. Mr. Roper? Yeah, Mr. Roper from <laughs> Come and Knock on My Door. <laughs> yeah, you would, the, it's not a bad guess to say that the Atyug would be on here, though, because, yeah, there's some, yeah, you got the owlbear and the roper. All right, so you cannot be surprised, right? We read that. So I can be, so let's see what happens. I'm not surprised. Oh, oh, okay. So you, all right, let's do it. So now it's initiative. We've got to figure out distance, too. Oh, declare it. Okay. We are 100, we're in a dungeon, so we're 100 feet away. We're in a a National Park dungeon. National Park uh, Canadian Forest dungeon, right. Okay. And you have just uh, murdered yet again your insatiable murdering spree. Oh, but oh no! I, the bear has ins- murdered yet again, and you have stopped me. I'm going to win because we know that this is the last victim, right? Right. Was was four years ago. So I think this is it. This means this is why it comes to an end because the the killer was killed by an atyug. Right. right. Yeah. And then they framed the poor guy who they did. All right. So now I, you're declaring. What's your action? You could get typhoid. I could. Typhoid or ty- typhus? Uh, not typhus. What did it say? It said... Tetanus. No, not tetanus. Typhus. Ty- typhus. Typhus, okay. Wait, right. where is it? Yeah, typhus. Yep, not typhoid fever. But I have to check something. I heard my little robot, and we have kittens, and it's not... If you have kittens... And the litter is this exciting? The litter robot, if it moves, that's a bad news for a kitten. They can't be in there when it's turning. Okay. Well, <laughs> go go do what you got to do. So, anyway, here on Grog Talk, uh, we are now going to wait for Dan to come back. But in the meantime, I'm declaring action. So I am the cave bear. Dan is playing the at yug. Dan has returned. I don't think it was that. All right, let's do it. I'm attacking. So you're attacking. Well, we're 100 feet away. So are you charging or not charging? That doesn't seem like I'm a chargy kind of. I'm like, yeah. wait, I, so you just, you just, you just 
Uh, now, I'm sitting in a dung heap. Right. No, I'm not moving on to my dung heap. Yeah, I see you. I'm going to attack you because I. But I, I don't know, know that you see me. Probably, I would think you don't see me, right? Because I'm. Well, I see you 100 feet away. I turn the corner, and there you are in your dung heap. I know, but I don't know that you see me. I would yeah, sit in my I'm dung gonna, heap. I'm, I'm going to. No, I'm going to charge. Come to the dung heap, buddy. I want to fight on my yeah, own gonna, terrain. That's right. I'm going after you, assuming I win initiative. So here's my okay. initiative: five, two. All right, I win initiative, so I'm attacking you. I'm charging you. Okay. I'm going to charge. What's your armor class? It is AC of three. AC of three. Very nice. I'm going to do, do my hit points. Whoa. You should. Wait, why is it six to eight? And so it's just like... Depends I on the roll. size. Roll a D6 to see how, how big they are. Okay. A one. Be six hit dice. Okay. Wow. Well, I get, th I get my attack routine that I charge, so I'm attacking you. Here's my attack routine. Your AC three. Yep. I hit. I hit, and I hit. So, wow. so I'm hugging you. I'm hugging. <laughs> Ew. I'm yeah, you may not survive this. Cape bears are ri ridiculous. Two, eight, eighteen. You take twenty-two points of damage. Well, I thirty-three. All right. Okay, so I'm attacking. Go ahead. Attacking now. I'll let you attack. Okay, and I, I have three attacks, and what is, I guess it's one of my, the last one, I guess is my big jaw. Yeah, I think your maw. Your awful sucker. Maw. Yeah, I have a uh, two tentacle mm -hmm. arms, right? Right. I have a sensory organ stock. Well, that's nothing, right? That's just sensory, right? Yeah. It's, its tentacles have sharp ridges and are used to deliver smashing blows to praise. The oh, I'm mouth. sorry. You only took, uh, how much did I say you take? 28 or 22? What did 22. I say? You, you, 22. You took 12. I apologize. Oh, oh nice. That's a pretty big error. I, well, because I had to do 18 or better hit for you to get the hug. I mean, oh, okay. You, so I didn't get hug. You're not hugging me. I didn't hug you. Okay. Here we go. I hope I bite you. I really want to give you typhus. I have a 15 with star number one. 18. Oh, and a 9 with my. What hit dice are? 6? I am hit dice 6. You hit all three. You need a 7. Oh my gosh. Wow. Nice this, to be high hit dice. This is going to just be a beatdown. Go ahead. This, all right. One day. Okay, let's do sucker number 1. I'm sorry, not sucker. Tentacle. Number 1 is, oh, a 2. And a 2. And now for the sucker like. Mouth two to five. All right, where's my die for? Oh, four, five. So five, six, seven, nine hit points of damage. Nine damage. So I'm at 22, and I have to make a save, or I get tetanus or typhus. Wait, do you have to make a save? Wait, it bites. No, it doesn't say save. If it bites any victim, it is 90% likely to be infected by disease. It doesn't oh, say. You okay, save. there you go. Oh, this is nasty. Yeah, 16. You have, you have typhus. I have typhus. Okay, so now I have to look that up. Well, do you want to figure out what happens to you? I mean, it's, I'm sure it's not like you immediately die typhus. I don't think so, right? I, what's the fastest disease progression in the DMG? Is I don't think it's faster than a turn, right? No, you're not going to die a time. I mean, no, right? I mean, it's like super typhus. I can't imagine. I mean, we well, can look it up or we, we can just see if this, you die. Right. I mean, this could be important. I don't think it is. Well, if I mean, you live. Well, that's true. We've gone over that. Didn't one of our guys get diseased? 
Yes, I think so. The, the black pudding. That's right, the black pudding. Right? Um, where's, it's, okay, it's see, days. It, it's, I don't see typhus. Where do you see that? Where's typhus? Well, it's a type of... Um, you have to figure out what typhus is. Well, excuse well, me. Well, I don't know. I, have to, I, I oh. wasn't being rude. I was just saying oh. we'd have to figure out what it is. <laughs> oh, okay. What kind of area of effect it has. So now, you, now we have to look up typhus. Yeah, what's typhus? What kind of disease it is? I feel okay. like it's a blood disease, but I could be mm. wrong. I mean, I'm probably wrong. Typhus disease. <laughs> I like your internet search. James history, typhus. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's it's a bacterial disease. It's I'm gonna say it's in the blood. That's what I would think. Uh, now I'm on the CDC website, not looking up coronavirus. Blah, uh, blah, 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 millions of deaths, blah, 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 fever chills. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say it's a, it's either blood or nervous. Which one do you want to choose? I would think it's blood. Okay. So roll a D8. Okay. Well, you, well it's your life. It's your, the cave bear. Okay, I'll roll it. You should, you should have your own fate. Eight. It's chronic. Good. It's terminal. Oh, my gosh. So, so I will be dead in chronic and terminal. How? Yeah. So how? We now have to figure out how long you have, don't we? Well, it's at least one to twelve days. I have three days. Oh my gosh! You're not gonna. You're not gonna survive any. Well, we need to see. Maybe we both die. So the cave bear's not making it to the next random encounter. Right. He's gonna end up dying. I mean, it's not like a cave bear smart right. cure disease. No, he's not going to the bear, Claire. <laughs> NPC. Can I be a bear? Well, maybe he's reincarnated. Cleric is a cave bear now. Okay. Um, wow. All right. So now the only question is, will the, Odia, the at yug be around? Yeah, now it's initiative. Okay. I'm attacking you. Two. Two. Simultaneous. All right. So go ahead. Roll your dice. Okay. First roll is a five. That's a miss. That's a miss. Correctly. Yep. And a seven, what did I need? Oh, jeez. You needed a six. Okay. Oh, and a five. So only one, that's terrible, only one of my tentacles hit. So that is a, a, oh, I did eight. Oh, eight hit points, that's good. All right, cool. So you swung many times and blows on the bear. Oh, Yogi's been hit. You did eight, you said? Wow, he's down down to 14. Now he gets his attacks. First claw, 15, that's a hit. Second claw, 15, that's a hit. The bite, that's a hit. He's striking back. He's enraged now because you've infected him with yeah. typhus. His life is, he knows he's dead. He's going to extract revenge. Well, that's why he's the Canadian killer. Ooh, he did 21 points of damage. Wow, 21? Wait, on top of the 12? Yeah, that you did before. I had 33. I'm done. That's it. Then no, I'm you... unconscious. Wait, I'm unconscious. You're at right at zero? I'm at zero. I'm 33. Yeah, there you go. Oh, well, my he does. gosh. If he hits three times, it's D8, D8, and D12. That's... I rolled six, six, and a nine. And weren't you squeezing me at the end? I, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't get oh, the yeah. hug. Oh, okay. That would have been awesome if I got the hug. 
Wow, cave bears are nasty. They are nasty, but he's going to die. It's so wait, sad. Well, wait. So is that, well, I get random encounter, not you, because you don't know that you're going to die yet. You That's think true. It, well, you know, you shouldn't be going around eating trash and... And, and travelers on the road, yep. You're like, the, you're like that bear that has with the honey jar on his snout. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> so, Great. Winnie the Psycho Pooh. <laughs> you have poop on your nose. <laughs> Back to the poop. All right. So uh, I'm going to do I'm at Yug. The deity of the at Yug. Who's the at Yug? Is there like a dung demon or something? Or trash demon? Well, I think I'm ruling there should be a double deity. Well, no, it has to be some demon lord of... of it could be Jubilix. I'd go with Jubilix. No. Okay, well, let's roll and say, so I'll roll. Oh, but okay. you think, well, we got to do your, we're going to do your sad story afterward, right? After, well, let me, let's do my business. Yeah, let's do your business. And then you wander off and we'll talk, talk about the sad tale right. of the cave bear, right? You start not feeling well. That's right. You know what? I bet you my better half knows. Hello, better half. Do you know what typhus, what's typhus? She doesn't know. She thinks I'm just doing the show. She's not responsive. Yeah, she's, What's typh typhus? She's like, what happens when you get typhus? It's typhoid fever, she says. Yeah, so it's a fever. So what happens to you? Is it a blood disease? Oh, you don't know. She's not a doctor. Okay. I'm going to roll for uh, 22. My prayers are not heard. All right. Well, the, the, the at Yug is no more. He's just sitting in his poop, in his filth, and gets attacked by this psychotic Canadian cave bear and then you oh he eats an at you well no wonder you get yeah typhi he is wrong you eat <laughs> so the cave you're eating the at yug oh the humanity yeah that's not that's not good <laughs> not a good scene that is not good i thought you and fruit you and fruit of looms was bad this works dan's dreams go between fruit of loom and people eating at yugs that's good that's okay healthy. so but, you're, you're, you're licking up. You're licking your chops. But now, a couple of days later, Yogi's not feeling well. He's got painful fever. He's got a rumbly in his tumbly. Oh, it's gastrointestinal. He's got a rumbly in his tumbly. Oh, that's wait, it. it's gastrointestinal? Yeah. That's what, what do? that's what one of our patrons have said. He said would, he it got, be the, would it be the same? I rolled an eight and eight, so it's the same fatal. Oh, yeah. You were really going. Yeah, gastrointestinal. Yeah, eight, obviously. It's all the same. Wow. Gastrointestinal chronic need caused the loss of one point of strength and con per occurrence until cured. Oh, wait. Terminal cases require one to 12 weeks for fatality. Okay, one to 12 weeks. So you have one to 12 weeks. Okay, let me roll that. Re roll that. I, oh, I have nine weeks. Okay, so he's got oh. nine weeks. So you have, all right, so you've got, all right, so. So I got a few shows left. Nine weeks. But you're weeks. getting weaker as you go. So we have a. Because you're losing a point of strength and con. So each week you got to be a little bit okay. less. Each show less. Each show more weaker. Got it. All right. I can do that. So we'll, we'll say he's, he loses, uh, I don't know, two or three hit points each time. And he gets a minus one cumulative attack. So we, this is something where, like, you need to bring the cave bear to the vet. And, like, yeah, he ate, he ate an at yuck. <laughs> What well, can you can you do anything? You bring him to the cleric. What can you eat an at yug? Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's well, why bad. did you why did you eat an at yug? Yeah, that's terrible. What's wrong with you? That is that is okay. that's no bueno. 
Well, right. but now we but now we know why the uh, killing stopped. Because right. Of, right. He's not feeling well. He's not feeling he well. He's, he eventually dies. Okay. All right. It wasn't because we they was he was caught. It's just his reign of tyranny, uh, murder ended right. because he. He he killed the one thing he shouldn't have had. Are you a little surprised that the Atyug wasn't the role we had for the mascot? I was. In, I would have loved that. That would have been way better. It seemed more appropriate, doesn't right. it? Eating crap. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is right. exactly Moving right. On. Moving on. Now we're ready for miscellaneous magic. Let's do it. Okay. So this is the segment of the show where we randomly roll a miscellaneous magical item and we discuss. Yes. And we're flipping and turning. I think oh, I was supposed to – oh, wait. Didn't I? There it yes, is. You did dog ear. The dog ear. Page 121. All right. Who's rolling? Right. You can roll, James. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right, here we go. Here we go. Uh, here we don't go. Let's try it again. Uh, oh, miscellaneous weapon. Hmm. <laughs> it could be something good. Mm. All right, table A. Oh, don't get don't get upset. Table H. Uh, can I? Can we just? Build? If it's nothing good, we're just moving on. Because how many times can you talk about the light radius of a deck? Plus rate a plus one arrow. Come on. Okay. What is that? What page are you on? I'm on page 125. Okay. Oh, oh thank my... goodness. 64. 125, 64. Whoa! That's right. You rolled hammer of the th of hammer ha of thunderbolts. Hammer of thunderbolts, baby. James, that's the actually, dice don't lie. That is the best item on there. It's twenty five thousand gold. I'm selling that thing. That's the best item you could get, apparently. Right. The hammer of the th of Thunderbolts. Hammer Thunderbolts. That was, yeah, that's like, that's our next album. Hammer of Thunderbolts. And okay. now, the latest album, Hammer of Thunderbolts. Thunder, <laughs> Thunder, Thundercats. All right, let's do it. Uh, what page are you on? We're Where flipping way back, way back. We're flipping to page 168. Okie dokie. 168. Hammer of the long entry. Okay. Hammer of Thunderbolts appears to be a regular hammer of largest, largish, it's hard to say, size and extra weight. It will be too imbalanced somehow to wield properly in combat. Unless, what? Unless the character has 1801 or better strength and a height of over six feet. Oh, that's rough. So that's dwarves just, can't use this one. That's why I'm selling it. The or hammer. Gnomes. Then functions as plus three and gains double damage. We lost you, Dan. Dan, where'd you go, Dan? Oh. Oh, you need I to lost, know it's. I lost you for a second, Dan. Start over. And I lost you. All right. Do you have me now? Yeah, I'm good now. Okay. So the hammer functions, if you gotta have eight. 1801, you have to have exceptional strength, and you got to be over six feet. Not six feet, James, over six feet. The hammer then functions as plus three and gains double damage dice on any hit. If the wielder wears any girdle of giant strength, 
and gauntlets of ogre power. I think it means or, right? Any girdle of giant strength or gauntlets of ogre power. In addition, he or she may properly wield the weapon if the hammers. You got to know it's true. So in other words, wait, I if I have exceptional strength, I don't need to know its true name. But if I do the gauntlets or the uh, girdle, I have to know its true name? Is that how you would read that? Okay. So, James, this is confusing to me because it says that I can wield it. Oh, wait. It, oh, it, wait. It, oh, if the wielder wears any girdle of giant strength or gauntlets of ogre power in addition, he or she may properly wield the weapon if the hammer's true name is known. So does that mean if I don't have exceptional strength, I can wield this thing if I have girdle of giant strength or gauntlets of ogre power, I'm assuming. Right. But I've got to know its true name. So the question is, do I have to know its true name only if I don't have exceptional strength, or can I wield it, or do I need to know its true name? You don't need to know its true name for the basic thing. That's interesting. If I got the strength, right? What's his? Tr we don't know its true name. You have to make it so up. Because right. Hammer Thunderbolts is not its true name, probably is that right? Or 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 is it Hammer Thunderbolts' his true name? And I need to know Hammer Thunderbolts. You'd have to if if well if it says if the wielder wears a girdle and gauntlets. Well, it says and. Does it mean or? No. Is it both? Does it have to wear both? Yeah. And means both. Yeah. For why? I, I gotta, have no idea. I have to. Can I wear both a girdle? I and oh, okay. I need. Okay, so you read that. It is an and, so I need both. Okay. Which again, you would think you would need it because the the gauntlets only gives you eighteen double zero strength. The ogre power. The girdle gives you higher than that. So. But why wouldn't? So you think I could just use one or the other? Right. Well, maybe that right? maybe that was a thing, but the way it's per it's right. written, you have to use both, and okay. you have to have the true name. Okay, when swung or hurled, it gains a plus five doubled. Wait, when swung or hurled, it gains a plus five comma double damage dice, all girdle and gauntlets bonuses. And strikes dead any giant upon which it scores a hit. Okay, I gotta slow down. I'm getting confused. So we're now dealing with it's way cooler if you've got it's better if you've got if you've got the girdles. So if I've got 1801 strength, I can wield this thing and I get plus three and double damage. Right? right. You agree with that? Right. Okay. Then now I guess I don't need 1801 strength. But if, if I, if you don't have eighteen first and six over six feet, you can't use it. It's use. It's useless. But if I've got the if I've got girdle and gauntlets of ogre power, I don't need eighteen oh one strength. Correct. Okay. So and then when swung or hurled, it gains plus five, a plus five comma double damage dice. What does that mean? A plus five comma double damage well, it gains dice. Plus five to hit. Oh, it's, it's like it gains a plus five to hit, comma, double damage dice. That's normal, but it goes up to a plus five. All girdle and gauntlet bonuses. Oh, so like the, the plus to hit because of the strength. Yep. And strikes dead any giant upon which it scores a hit. And, oh, look, it's funny. It adds atoms. <laughs> Stone golems here. Um, okay, so... So what it's saying, because above it says the hammer then functions as a plus three and gains double damage. So the difference is, it, instead of plus three, it's now plus five, comma, still does double damage. And you add your bonuses for girl and gauntlets, and it strikes dead any giant. 
if you have right. a true name. Okay. When hurled and successfully hitting, a great noise, as if a clap of thunder broke overhead, will resound, stunning all creatures. Oh, my. Everybody. This is like your party members, too? Yeah. Within th three inches, 30 feet for one round. Oh, my. Wait. Wait do I get a save? Well, it's you're, you're throwing it, so it's going to be thrown at someone. When no, when hurled. Oh, when hurled and successfully hitting. Okay, so when I hurl it, I got it. Oh, so that's kind of cool. So you like throw it into like the pack yeah. of baddies. Yeah, like the, there's it, a giant. And he's surrounded by orcs or whatever, and you throw it at the giant. He's dead, and all his orc buddies are knocked out. Oh, that's very cool. Okay. Uh, Thor would throw the hammer about double the above range. It gives the ranges. Well, and, the, the hammer, and then it also kind of confirms you needed gauntlets and girdle. See, so throwing range is one plus half a point of strength bonus for the gauntlets and girdle. Yeah, okay. Agreed. The hammer of thunderbolts is very different to hurl, so only one throw every other round can be made. And after five throws within the space of any two-turn period, the wielder must rest for one turn. Wait, does it come back to me? Apparently. Yeah, because isn't it why I'm thinking I throw it and there it's gone? The hammer of thunderbolts is very different to hurl, so only one throw every other round can be made. So one throw every other round, and after five throws, I'm um, I'm tired. Yeah, so, I mean it doesn't say it comes back, but I guess you could rule that. Because it sounds like it does. I mean, otherwise I have to run and grab. I mean, I guess I could run and grab it. I mean, everyone's stunned. Right. I guess that's what you. That's. I I like it better that it doesn't come back because that's what the dwarven thrower does. It comes back, which is kind of cool. Oh, and it doesn't say, yeah, it doesn't say it comes back. So, you know, it sounds like you don't get a save. Yeah. It stuns everybody. Yes. For one, and it's only a round, but that's pretty significant. Right. Okay. So, yeah, you stun them and then you walk over there and get your weapon. And then the next round, you throw it again. You just keep stunning. Right. So it's like, I'll just keep stunning these guys. Yep. And you do whatever you need. You guys do whatever. You get the treasure. I'll just keep stunning these guys over and over and over. Well, and then I got to rest. That's a problem. So I can only do it so often. So, okay. Um, I like the hammer thunderbolts. I mean, there's not actually a thunderbolt. It's, it's, I don't know what a thunderbolt yeah, is. Yeah, thunder. There's, there's th exactly. There's thunder and there's bolts. Is there a thunderbolt? No, I don't hear a thunderbolt. I just hear thunder. Okay. I agree yeah. with you. All right. But it's pretty ridiculous. You, to find a girdle and an and gauntlets and this, that's it's one of the sets. I mean, you'd have to have a campaign where it's like, you know, you you're looking for the three things yeah. and you'd have to know that. It's like on eBay. Um girdles not included right. or uh, whatever, right? Those are so hard uh -huh. to find. Right. It's like just yeah, because they came as a set, but there's like but that was like forty years ago. Right. And now but it's only yeah, two of the so pieces. Like, Right. So like they, we buy the girdle, they're like, hammer, hammer of Thunderbolts is not included, right? Yeah, it's the box. You find the box, but it only has one thing. Oh, oh wait. Hang on. I'm getting information, James. Mm -hmm. What's that? Thunderbolt is lightning. I've been informed that a Thunderbolt is lightning. Right. So there is such a word as Thunderbolt. Yeah. Say Thunderbolt. But in this case... It's right, so it no doesn't bolt. have any lightning. It's, there's no so, lightning, so it should just be hammer of thunder. It should be hammer of thunder because there's no there's no thunderbolt. Right now, if a bolt came down and it caused the stunning, that would be amazing. Right, right. That's yeah. No, you're right. I, but you know what? Maybe they do that so that you don't know the true name. 
You're like hammer of thunder. <laughs> hammer of making loud, loud sounds. That's right. <laughs> hammer of stunning. Mm-mm. Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. Thunder, thunderbolt. That's there, exactly. There's no thunderbolts. Hey. The thunderbolts. Uh, it's like a team. That is. I'm, that's like a, a roller derby team. <laughs> yes. Roller derby is very the, 80s. We don't have enough roller. The Lady Thunder, we, Thunderbolts. We should all go roller skating at GrogCon. Okay. Well, let me write that down. Grog. <laughs> Grog. Sk- D&D on rink. skates. That's right. We should, oh, we should have GrogCon at a roller skating rink. Uh, we, you know, at this point, we may have to if this keeps up. Uh, that's true. All right. I know, I know, I know right. Craig's going to get it done. I know he's got a bunch of other things, but we, we're, we've got still a lot of work to do. So. Uh, we may be ending up. I told them the roller skate tour. Uh, what is what were those things called? You just dance off where they just had free rip, free rolling, free. You know where they just. Oh yes, and everyone could go. Yeah, because sometimes it could have been. Yeah, and wouldn't they be like? Was there things like okay, if this get out, you know, you got to leave or right, something right. like that? Were there all those things? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. And then those were before. And then I got oh, are... I got worried about hurt, getting hurt, so then I'm like, that's enough of that. So. Right, so your roller skating career ended about a year ago. My roller skating <laughs> ended about 1981. This is Big Publishing Company Production. All rights reserved.